Bye. Yes. How'd it go? Really, really, really good. Good. I, I mean, that's how I feel. Well, tell us more about it. Sing a little bit for me. I want to know. I'm so excited. Oh, no. I just sang it like seven times. I don't want to sing it anymore. We'll do ours this for you. This is Eureka. She's not going to take no for an answer. Please. Um, why, don't you, why don't you buy the track on iTunes? Hello. So how does it go? I'm just curious. Eureka is hounding Cameron to sing this part for her. Leave this woman alone. I feel like as much as she's fighting to get it, I'm going to fight not to give it now. I feel like it's just Okay, girl, battle. that's fine. I ain't got no time for none of y'all right now. Cameron has clearly made it clear that she does not want to sing her part. I also know Cameron, and sometimes he just needs a little encouragement. Oh, I didn't realize you were the Cameron whisperer. Of course, because I know Cameron. I'm trying to be her cheerleader. And next thing you know, Asia's like, oh, here's Eureka going and forcing Cameron to do something she don't want to do. I'm like, girl, shut up. Okay, so sing me a little bit of this. So just go on and sing it. Why? Because I feel like I'm really good at being silent. Oh, my God. Y'all wear me the hell out. What? We're just minding our own business. And you don't want forcing people to do shit they don't want to do. How are we wearing you out? Because you got to be dramatic. You're always trying to make a mountain out of a molehill. No, the thing is, Eureka, you do not understand that it is a mountain. Just because it's a molehill to you. Girl, bye, Felicia. <laughs> I know Asia likes to be very motherly. But sometimes I'm like, Mama, let the kids play. Sit down and tease your hair, bitch. Well, hello, Marys. Hello, hello. We have made it to the finale. I just want to welcome Colin, who is Skyping in from lovely, sunny Fort Lauderdale. Well, hi, Marys. Uh, <laughs> yes, Florida is indeed a state of mind more than anything else. Um, I am, you know, and I, I didn't want to say this last week because I didn't want to like blow up my spot, but I'm staying at the resort that was Eure uh, Aquarius, um, her like reward for her last maxi challenge win, oh. the grand. Is um, she going to love it? It's it's been fun. I've never stayed at like a gay resort before, and it's um it's fine. It's a good experience. There's a bunch of them in the area, so it's this little gayberhood. Okay. Um, the best part about this experience is um, I made a new friend. There's a cat. There's a cat on the grounds who oh. identified me the moment I identified it as friends. <laughs> like. I looked at my window one morning and I saw this cat on like the like sun deck and I was just like, who is that? And so I was like, okay, I need to get out there and see that cat. And so like later I like stepped out and I opened my door and who is sitting at the foot of the stairs right by my door? The cat. And so <laughs> what do you we've call been... the cat? What's that? What do you call the cat? I've been calling it the grand cat. <laughs> The grand high pussy. Like, are you, I, that's what I said. I was like, oh, are you the grand cat? Are you my little grand cat? And so it's it's the highlight to beat of this trip. All right. Well, give me a beat. Um, yeah. So I uh, we, we have this clip of the week. This is one of the only kind of contentious moments of the episode, I think, that had some drama that I don't think was as produced as some of the other drama during the recording sessions or the choreo sessions, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This was some of the mo more uh, organic conflict this episode. Right. So, you know, and of course our ears perked up, Mary's, because Eureka is like, I know how she likes to be motherly, but let the children play. And I feel like this was speaking right to us who are often... We're often looking at that dynamic in the workroom of when there's an aunt, when there's a babysitter, when there's the older sister, when there's the mother, or when there's the adult in the room, you know? 
Yeah, no, I think it's um, it's interesting to see it commented on and also criticized. Right. You know, like we always praise that. And here's Eureka kind of being like the, I don't know, the bratty teenager in the room and being like, oh, come on, let us play, relax. Leave us alone. And I want to hear her sing. Yeah, which of course well, it's interesting. is ironic. It, yeah, exactly. Because di- didn't she talk about how her father made her sing? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, I, you know, I'm I'm trying not to do like the Eureka O'Hara pylon that everyone's doing, but like facts are facts, America, you know, like the bitch didn't turn it out in that moment, you know, like that, it was too on the nose for her to be doing the same thing to Cameron that like was so traumatic for her. Yeah. I mean, obviously she, she didn't think much of it. She was like, well, okay, whatever. I just want to hear her sing. Like, oh, leave me alone. I just want to hear her sing. Who cares? Sometimes she needs a little coaxing, you know, oh, come on. Um, but I don't yeah. think that in this moment uh, she needed coaxing. I think Cameron was very clear of like, oh, no, I'm not going to do it. I just sang it like seven times. Like, leave me alone. I'm not going to do it here. There's no music bit backing behind me. Acapella singing's hard. She didn't say that. But like all of that is true. Um, but yeah. what do you think about Eureka getting involved? Because I think that's where the other side of this is. Is like when should the adult kind of you know, be in the kitchen, you know, talking on the phone with oh. the long cord. What do we think about Asia getting involved? You yeah. Mean? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and right. Being on the phone in the kitchen, like, when should mom step out and say, what do you kids do? Right. <laughs> I think that she made the right choice because I think what was happening in the situation was that Eureka's, I think her heart's in the right place of, like, I want to help Cameron, you know, speak up and feel comfortable and, and have screen time. Yeah. Like she's thinking like a producer's contestant. And I think Asia is, meanwhile, being sensitive in the room, as is her character, to be aware of the connections and the, and the energy between people in the room. And I think she's picking up, like, you, like basically what she said is, like, we're over here minding our own business, and you're forcing people to do shit they don't want to do. Yeah. How are we bothering you? Right. And it's like... I can't argue with that logic. I also don't think that this was much of a big deal for Asia, as Eureka made it out to be. I don't think it was a mountain out of a molehill for Asia in the sense of like, you know, because Eureka's like, you're making everything a mountain out of a molehill. And uh, Asia's, Asia had her voice raised, but I think she was just like, oh, come on, stop it. I think she was just passionate. Um, and that's just yeah. kind of, I get, I get like that all the time as this loud Italian. Like, I'm actually not angry. Mm-hmm. I'm actually not upset i'm just you know i i that's how i that's how i talk sometimes when i'm arguing like my voice will just get a little louder um and 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 not that they were necessarily arguing but they were sparring and um Mm -hmm. and then uh eureka's like well you know uh or asia's like you know not everything is uh a molehill some things can be a mountain um and i uh i i get it uh she was just kind of being like yeah some people don't want to sing for you like it's just not that's just not the thing yeah, I also felt like, you know, if I'm going to like micro analyze this this conversation, I mean, I feel like if we think of like the the antagonistic part of it, or like the sort of the elements of the conversation that could make it something more than it was, it was coming from Eureka. She was like, Asia was like telling her, dude, cut it out, which she, Eureka could have just left it alone. But I felt like then Eureka had to kind of spin this is like oh asia whatever like you you know you make everything out you know you make a mountain out of a molehill and it's like well now you're just you're just creating a moment on television right now eureka i think that's what you're doing like i think you're creating a mountain out of a molehill and that's what's even doubly ironic about the situation right and And i think you're doing it to make some content for the show and i mean that's not bad all the time you know it's the top four it's like this could have been 
we could have struggled really hard to find a clip of the week. <laughs> the, well, typically the top four, I mean, like, you know, in the later seasons, at least, it's kind of hard to there. There isn't much meat on the bones, surprisingly, towards the end of the season. Right. Because, right. like, I think by top four, especially in these later seasons, the real conflict, the real kind of like the Queens have chosen to kind of just celebrate that they've all made it, you know? I mean, this is not season five. This is not season two even, you know, like this is, you know, I think after, I think season eight, season nine, season 10, each time the top four has kind of felt like, Hey, we all made it, you know, reason to celebrate. Right. Uh, Even though Chi Chi didn't make it all the way. I think that the Queens honestly didn't know that there was going to be a top four, but I think, Partway through the filming of the challenge, I think they knew because the challenge mm-hmm. wasn't a live performance, like live, quote unquote, like where it was filmed on the runway with the judges right there. Like this was a sound stage. It was very much like the cheerleader challenge where the judges mm-hmm. weren't like watching it happen live. They were cuts like they must have stopped and then had the the dancers reset for each girl's part. You know what I'm talking about? I- yeah, I mean they they showed it as if it were live because they showed RuPaul's live reaction when she. And was I don't think that was that. real. I think that was yeah. uh, produced. I because uh, if you think about season nine's top four, they were actually on the runway, and you could tell mm-hmm. that it was like, oh yeah, they did this in front of the judges. Whereas this soundstage, I, I don't think that the judges were sitting at that table. This was a different set. Yeah, unless they they which seems like way too much work, they like dismantle the runway, yeah, no. and like that becomes an open space, right? Like, or or there, I don't know, I don't know how that works, Marys. If you have some insight, I had just kind of, I guess I didn't really think about it, so I just kind of assumed it was all live. You um, didn't see any dancers yeah. like waiting in the background, like you. They it was very much like a music video, and I think yeah. that's how they filmed it. I mean, granted, like yeah. not to not to denounce kind of like the talent that we saw in that challenge, but this challenge in particular, they were able to make every performance really strong. Mm-hmm. Yet it wasn't, they weren't trying to do the same thing they did in all stars three with the single take. It wasn't that kind of like that added element. Right. I think I kind of just assumed that because of all stars three, but it's like, Oh no, no, this wasn't about like the feat of creating this video. You know what I mean? Like yeah. all doing this in one take. Right. Yeah. Right. They would have highlighted that. Uh, yeah, I think that, yeah. that was the case and it wasn't. Um, so, uh, so I guess what I mean to say is that like, I think partway through, they must've realized like, oh, they're highlighting all of our stories. I mean, even, even at the end, uh, and I will go off on this and how great it is, but just when they're speaking to their childhood selves or when they're speaking about the other contestants and why they should be dra- uh, drag superstar, all of those questions, each one really and the podcasts, like each one really highlighted um, why all of these girls could be crowned or could yeah, go to which the is finale. probably really the point of this episode, right? It's kind of make a case to maybe root for any of these queens. Yeah. And not have one who's like, I'm not rooting for her. What are you talking about? They're, they're covering their bases. I mean, granted, there are still queens that fans are not rooting for. But I think the show is doing all it can to, you know make a top four a real top four so so that it makes sense but also to justify Mm -hmm. the spoilers i think most people that watch this show knew that there was gonna be a top four because the finale was filmed you know two weeks ago yeah oh at this point yeah certainly yeah um 
I think in terms of, I mean, I think just in general, it's what's well, weird, right? Because it, because this, the finale is this lip sync for the crown. It's kind of like getting to the top four is just about getting to the top four right. and then it's a whole new game. Oh yeah. You know? And we'll talk about that too, because it's not, it, we know now that it's not a shoe win for Aquaria. It's not a shoe mm-hmm. win for Eureka just because they have the most challenge wins. Um, I went to, uh, it's funny. I went to Narc bar on Thursday to watch uh, this final episode and Angina was hosting along with some other local queens that are fabulous. Um, and uh, I think she's—I think she's—she um, slipped because she's like, "Oh, I can't give any spoilers about the finale. I can't give any spoilers about the finale." And then like some other talking happened, and then she's like, "Oh, I will say that Eureka was amazing on the finale." And I'm like, <laughs> "Right? <laughs> yeah. Bomb. I mean, that's got to be so tough, especially if you're like drinking or you're just touring, doing a lot of touring. You don't remember what you did say, what you shouldn't say. Totally." Um, but I, I mean, at this point, though, like who People doubted? Know. People know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. Anyway, we, um, we should uh, let our Marys know what they're listening to. Yeah. Well, they're, of course, listening to another Interstate episode of All Right, Mary. All right, Mary. All right, Mary, uh, which is our podcast dedicated to all things Drag Race, the world of Drag Race, and the paradigm that RuPaul has created with this little beady beady TV show. I'm Johnny. And I am Colin, and we are home stretching our review of season 10 with American, the the music video top four challenge, um, the, you know, uh, the, the, the main event, pretty much the end of the race, right? Yeah. I mean, that, once I finished like watching this episode and untucked, I was like, well, that was season 10, right? That was the race, yeah. you know? Uh, and it's kind of crazy. Like, shit, that's a... That's a fuck. That's a fucking feat. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of how I saw it. I'm thinking about the past queens that were eliminated and how they would have done in this challenge. Like, mm-hmm. would they? I mean, uh, could could Monet Exchange have done the choreo that was done? Sure, she could have definitely um, sung. Uh, yeah. but I don't know how uh, strong of a dancer she is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know her as a dancer. I assume. I assume she can. I, she she had some. She had some moves during those lip move. syncs. I think she could have turned this challenge out. I think Cracker uh, also has moves, right? She could have done it. Yeah, you know, it would have been interesting to see her in this because I feel like there was so much about between the lyrics and what's the tea, and I think even in some ways the choreography, there was so much emphasizing like pushing who you are and showing your story and showing yourself and like showing like that level of authenticity in different forms sure. in, in lyric writing, in choreography, in interview. And I just, I, it's not that I don't, I don't, at this point, I'm kind of tired of seeing if, if Cracker's going to be able to do it. I'm I like, see what you mean. enough. And she, she can't. Okay. She can't. Not right now. It's not a story anymore. We don't. Yeah. Yeah. We just, mm-hmm. we want them all to do really well. I was kind of wondering if, uh, Aquaria was going to be able to sing and if yeah, Cameron yeah. was going to be able to kind of like rise to this th- mm-hmm. those those were two question marks yeah I mean they both I was you know we'll get into it but I was I was particularly with Cameron just so impressed with like the focus of like okay here's what I need to do and then she just like fucking turned it out and probably had for me I'd say some of the better vocals of of the song of the four of them right right Maybe yeah. not the lyrics, I don't know, but like the actual singing, you know? Oh, no, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, I've been kind of singing it in my head since Thursday, mm-hmm. Cameron's verse. Uh, yeah. 
uh, yeah, I, you know, it's 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 very sweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Um, yeah, the beginning of it always gets in my head. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but of course, right now I can't think of it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not going to sing it, so uh, works out well. Um, <laughs> well, let's uh, let's dive into the beginning right, of this Mary. episode. Right. Um, my first note is that Aquaria wearing that like bone mask and the way she was talking, it was giving me um, Adore Delano in that mask on the the wild animal uh, runway when she was talking to Paula Abdul, and Paula's like. I know that I, voice. I know that voice. I know that <laughs> voice. American Idol season five. <laughs> that's kind of what I was getting from Aquaria. <laughs> oh, adore. <laughs> I know. I know she was like, uh, yeah, you know, it's me. Um, you yeah, and I no, both know I, you don't remember me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. You know, I don't, um, as someone who gets these, I hate it when people bring them up, but that's why I think I'm going to bring it up. I was... Um, very comforted and surprised that I could see Eureka O'Hara's cold sore. Oh my God. Yes. I know. I, I, I thought maybe it was just me, but I saw that cold sore. And let me tell you, those things come at the worst time and leave at the most inconvenient time, you know? Right. Like, of course it's developed in the last two days of shooting and like, yeah, of course can't cover it up with makeup because it's angry and it's mean uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, I noticed it because, you know, I get them like once a year and I've been getting them since I was like, you know, a baby. Uh, right. My parents are, you know, trash. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I think that's usually one of the causes of cold sores is trashy uh, my parents. Sister, sure. My sister gets them really bad, like really bad. She every single photo from her uh, like schooling <laughs> days. She has a cold sore, Jilly. Oh God, Jilly's, oh, Jilly. and they're big. They're like huge, like down her chin. Okay, Mary. Ugh. And then in college, she got them all around her mouth. Oh, it was no. the, the entire. I mean, she looked. I mean, I, 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 yeah. I, I just felt so bad, and they're painful. Oh sure, I mean that's that's a drag name, Jilly's cold sores. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jilly. Uh, anyway, uh, so I just wanted to mention that um, Asia's haunted by the last words to Cracker. I don't know if this is too little, too late. She does not really apologize for having that opinion. I mean, I don't want to like a you know jerk myself off in the mirror or b make a completely like niche deep cut reference, but it reminds me of that play that I wrote. It, it's that <laughs> sense of like, did you mean what you said? It's like, well, I shouldn't have said it. Right. And she never I, says, I didn't mean it. I just shouldn't have said it. Yeah, she shouldn't um, have said it. That doesn't mean that she's sorry, really. She, yeah, I mean, she's yeah. sorry that she heard it. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, I probably should have bitten my tongue in that moment. Yeah, um, that's what she said. Yeah. And I mean, you know, that's going to be a reunion topic. Sure. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, I do love how Eureka slumped over the couch. During oh, this yeah. discussion, yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, yes, lounge girl. <laughs> right. Yeah. She's yeah. She's done for the day. She's had two runways. <laughs> done. Yeah. I'm laying out. Yeah, um, lay out. Uh, and I did love Eureka's read of Asia sitting over there looking like the Babadook. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, and then that weird moment where like age Eureka's like you got you you got to admit it. I look amazing and and right. age is like you look you look like something, I'll tell you that. And I felt like Asia was like Asia wasn't trying to say Eureka didn't look good. It was like don't don't fish for a compliment and expect me to just like you know, throw the throw the the salmon on the boat for you. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
Like, don't oh, this don't try it, little boy. You know? Yeah, right, right, right. Just it'll just be chum in the water. <laughs> right, right. Like, don't. What do you think I am? What do you think this is a lobster tank? You just reach in yeah. and you get one. Right. No, it's chum in the water. The sharks will come and just. Eat yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you want a compliment, you earn one. Yeah, exactly. uh, or you give one to yourself. Uh, but yeah, like when Eureka is like, oh well, you know, you really hurt my feelings, and Asia says like, if I hurt you, you fish for that pain, sister. Like I just oh, think Asia's kind of mom's done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mom's done. done. Mama's having a drink now. She's having a cocktail. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I oh get my God. it. I, oh, you know, I have I have a, a, a quick little story. Uh, I was at the park yesterday. It was like this gorgeous day. And I usually have a pinwheel um, just like out next to my blanket or whatever, because I like to see the wind and it's fun. Um, and of course, it's a kid magnet. So sure. this kid, this very adorable little two year old boy comes over. Um, his name was Henry. As I found out, uh, he comes over and he's like starts playing with he starts taking it and he starts to run away. And the dad's like chasing the kid and the mom and I start talking because, you know, moms. And I'm just yeah. like, oh, my God, he's so cute. It's fine. You know, uh, he can play with it for a little while. Blah, blah, blah. And uh, she's like, oh, you know, we, we've just had like a terrible week. And I'm like, oh, mom, tell me more. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, it's just been really rough. And, you know, we were out all morning and now it's time for an edible. <laughs> Well, good for her. Yeah. I'm like, come on, mom. Yeah, sometimes, Modern moms. Sometimes moms are done. And I feel like Asia was just kind of done. <laughs> yeah. She was just like, pass me the brownie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's like, but isn't it, there's there's that, that sort of like wine culture that like mom's tired and she needs a big glass of wine at the end of the day. Yes. Yes. Like, uh, I Kerry don't see Washington. how this is. Yeah. I don't think this is any worse. I think it's, it's a choice. Yes. <laughs> yeah, good for totally. her. Totally. Um, um, so, so we find out the challenge, right? That uh, yeah, do lots of shit as they normally do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this remix choreography. Uh, I I did notice um, when RuPaul was talking about how difficult the choreography would be, and she made a Martha Graham reference. And Aquaria like struck this little pose, and I was like, I bet that is entirely accurate to Martha Graham style. That's that's <laughs> what's special about Aquaria is she'll pull one of those little moves, and she'll be right. And that's, you, you know, know, one of these things we'll kind of talk about throughout the episode is like why Aquaria is like absolutely a fucking star, you know? Totally. And you know what? Especially a star for Drag Race and, and the brand. I will say that if not once an episode, at least twice an episode, she's quoting RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. Yeah. She even did it. Um, I think in the beginning of this episode when Cameron was like talking about she, you know, having to lip sync again and she misquoted a little bit, but she said, oh, yeah, you're that girl we knew you to be. And I, she was quoting Alyssa Edwards from All Stars, too. Right. Um, you're right. that girl I knew you were. And yeah, yeah it's just like right. I, I love that throughout this episode, Aquaria is as much as more than any other episode. She's as much a contestant as a fan this episode. Yeah, that comes out a lot for sure, yeah. especially when she has that emotional moment during the rehearsal. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, before we jump into the episode, I just kind of want to talk about uh, the episode as a whole. And, you know, some people are giving this episode. They're kind of just like over this episode because mm -hmm. it's like this is filler um, mm -hmm. and there's no drama and they feel like it's overproduced. And, you know, everybody kind of knows what's going to happen or there's no real drama. Uh, I just think that. If, if we're going to celebrate the show, one of the things that happens on the finale that I think is worth 
showing this finale is when those girls are giving advice to their childhood selves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and I feel like, uh, I feel like you can watch this show as a competition and you're going to be pissed off the past, you know, two, three episodes, the last two, three episodes, or you can watch this show as like a cultural phenomenon as something that is promoting stories as opposed to uh, fierce competitions, you know, cutthroat style. Um, and, there, and so there's two ways to look at it. And I feel like this episode, for those that are seeing this as the the show that has a lot of impact, are going to enjoy it more than those that are looking for the competition, looking for the project runway, looking for the, you know, I see it how it is, as mm-hmm. opposed to a produced reality show. And I, I, as much as I wanted to hate this, quote unquote, boring you know, torture porn, like waiting for this to be over. Um, I'm still just like, oh God, like how can you not fall in love with some of these stories? These are stories. These are queer stories. This is why we tuned in. And just because you don't like how she's doing in the competition or you don't like her, you can still try to find that empathy to to be into uh, who these girls are and why their stories are being promoted. Because at the end of the day, Straight people are watching. Okay. Like yeah. mainstream audiences are watching. They're learning. They're starting to develop empathy instead of, oh, that bitch needs to go home. She's she does the same lip sync move every single week. Mm-hmm. Well, it's changing the lens of of how to watch drag race. And and I think it's a it, it's a choice because it's like what you're talking about is taking on this kind of like if you looked at this episode not about a competition of who's going to make it to the end, but a document, a documentary about four drag right. queens who've made it to the end of a competition and where they're at, and it's kind of less about the driving narrative of, of competition and more about getting to know who they are at this point and like yeah. what what made them who they are to get them to this point. You know, um, I. I get why people are frustrated because it's like it's in the form of a competition. You know, it's kind of like, yeah. you know, I, I went to Pizza Hut and all you had was broccoli. I get broccoli's good for you, but I came here for deep dish, you know, and like I get right. that. I understand that. And I think it's like you just it's a matter of saying, OK, well, they've chosen to serve broccoli. How can I get how can I get into this and how can I embrace that? And if I'm not into it, you know, there's pizza down the street. Well, you just, or you just put some butter on it. Hey, it's OK. Put some butter on it. <laughs> <laughs> totally yeah uh, anyway i just wanted to make uh to, to kind of start out uh before we jump into this challenge that yeah the, both of the challenge and the podcast and the runway it was more of a celebration and more about these stories yeah more than, uh, than anything else because all of these girls brought it mm-hmm. all and they and if they didn't bring it the show would have made it made it seem like they did bring it and i think they all did yeah well, certainly they have to, they know they're going to do a top four. There was never a question. So it's like, we just have to make sure the footage we have supports that. Yeah. Or that we show. Um, yeah. So the, the next uh, kind of notes that I have about are when we're introduced to Todrick uh, in the recording sessions. Yeah. I mean, I, I, at this point, I'm kind of like, you know, I, I, to quote detox, like I'm just fucking over it. Like I'm just, I'm over this. Like, I love that. Like Todrick's way of teaching them is mocking and shaming. (laughs) That's pretty much (laughs) his way of teaching Asia. For example, is like making fun of her and putting her down for her choices. Um, this is like 
Well, I will say, I was going to say, this is like a hundred times worse than Terry Nunn performing for Tatiana, how she looked in the rocker chicks. Uh, oh, rehearsal, oh, for sure. You know? For sure. For sure. I get what you're saying. I will say that Todrick at the end of the day, he's selling a character like Michelle Visage. Like it's part of the show that he has to like be kind of mean and straight to the point and uh, and it's kind of comedic and entertaining. Like I think some of the faces he was making during Asia's or during uh, Aquarius, like it was we, we we were at the bar and we were laughing. Like it was it was entertaining. As opposed to like, you know, seeing him be this goose and lovely i mean that's great we love that but you know if we're thinking about you know mass audiences like people want to you know like oh that was bad oh my god oh and and see the face to reflect that so i don't know i think him helping the queens and him choreographing like i think that's all real like Mm -hmm. I, i really feel like that is all like he is actually there for the whole rehearsal he is actually there for the entire recording session like i think he is that type of producer and coach because he's super talented but then you know there's these bitchy and mean moments that they find and pull out Mm -hmm. because they need them you know so we can read him and be like over it but I think we need to blame the show more than Todrick when I say him I'm saying the character of Todrick on the show it's always the character of the show because we're only seeing Todrick played by Todrick yeah it's the Todrick played by Todrick exactly because Michelle is Michelle Visage played by Michelle Shupak totally like it's yes yes exactly you know and it's the same thing I just don't it's not my kind of drag I just think that the the character they're trying to portray is so immediately impatient that it feels it's just like I don't what's like I don't get it. Like it just it just yeah, doesn't like ring when true. He, when he did the choreography for Cameron, he was like, Okay, you're gonna do this and he did like twelve beats. Yeah. Of a move on every single beat, and they're like, Okay, go. And there wasn't even somebody next to Cameron doing it, mm-hmm. which is how you teach choreography. Somebody is doing it next to you or in front of you right. while you're picking it up. And so it's just kinda like, Okay, I don't I don't buy all this Gia. Yeah. Like yeah. you could send it back. Put I'm half Monet of this exchange back. it. Yeah, yeah. Monet I'm, yes. I'm not and don't save the receipt. I'm not gonna Monet exchange <laughs> right. it, just put it back. Yeah. Um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um so <laughs> Do you want to just you? We talked about before recording. Do you want to just kind of talk about each queen and each of their segments as one? So, yeah, let's do that, and then we'll talk about the runway and the main challenge. Yeah, uh, like separately. Yeah. Um, so let's start with Aquaria. Aquaria. Let's. I mean, let's yeah. start with Aquaria's recording session. Um, right. I mean, you know, the the note I had. It's kind of like watching Bianca in like the Oh No She Better Don't challenge. It's just like okay, got it. Done. Figured it out. Took her a second. Figured it out. Well, I mean, they were they were trying to produce it so that like Aquaria it looks like she can't sing and is having trouble. And they of course yeah. show the worst parts, of course, and then they mm-hmm. auto tune the shit out of it. You know, it's just like I'm sure she can sing, but like they will auto tune it, and they did. Um, mm-hmm. And and it's fine. I mean, she, she she figured it out. Yeah, they airbrush every everything, every magazine picture. You know what I mean? Like I expected a little bit of auto tune. You know. Now call um, me biased. I. I think I really, I mean, Aquaria has been killing it all season. We've kind of slept on Aquaria, but I will say this. I fell in love with her when I found out that her name was Giovanni. Oh, you didn't know? Yeah. No, I didn't even realize. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. His name's Giovanni. Oh, what a sweetie. I know. I know. What a sweetie Dottie. I know. He's like by <laughs> five just like him. <laughs> right, right. I know. It's like Aquaria, I like I can't wait to see Aquaria when she's like thirty five. You know what I mean? Like that's gonna be such a 
like I'm just I, I just can't wait to see Aquaria doing anything you know oh my god I picture uh, Aquaria like turning out to be like a Betsy Johnson Oh, at Aquaria by in her 30s, I feel like at that point, yes, the, the drag will move on to some kind of design empire of sorts. Or, um, yeah. or Diane von Furstenberg. Like sure, her, sure. Like eccentric, yeah. like prancing everywhere, wearing caftans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the DVF of drag. Yeah, right, yeah, right, right. I can see that. Um, I now, because of this podcast filming, now I want an Aquaria Chia Pet. Because her hair was like spiked oh, yeah. up, and it just—I yeah. was just like, you could, you could Photoshop in little grass and have it be a little Aquaria chia pet, <laughs> a little wheat grass. Yeah, yeah. Well, she kind of <laughs> gave a version of that in that runway. Remember the one with the grass on her head, the little green uh, runway? Oh yes. Yeah. Totally so you already know it's that. gonna look good. <laughs> she will. Yeah. She'll look yeah. Good. The bitch looks stunning. Yeah. 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 Um. So um, the podcast with Aquaria. What? Any any thoughts on this? The podcast with Aquaria, I think, did I have any, I feel like I didn't have a ton of notes. Maybe I did, actually. Um, oh, the note that I took is, I mean, is Aquaria, sl- she's slightly, I don't want to say, she's not school as fuck. She's kind of like summer camp as fuck, you know what I mean? Like, she's putting something on, but it's the summer, so it's 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 more relaxed, you know? Um, well, I think she's on TV, and I think that's mm-hmm. certainly it, But uh, and I think she knows what her lesson is supposed to be, which is a start. Yeah. And even if she hasn't embraced it or like embodied it entirely, she's like, you know, she's on lesson two or she's on lesson five of it. She knows that mm-hmm. she, the the one thing that has happened to her in this competition is that she has grown, that she has yeah. grown as, as Giovanni, that she's learned how to communicate better and kind of, Oh, I can I can warm up to people. I can trust people. I don't have to always be on guard. I don't have to be as above it all that I can kind of like hang loose and joke around like like with Asia, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, considering the the success that she had before coming onto the show, like she's had a pretty solid career, I have to imagine that there were certain things you know, like that sense of her not connecting with the rest of the drag community or that sense of like being the outsider. There have to be those things that she either knew or found to be like challenged by doing drag race. Like these were the things that were standing in her way of becoming bigger. And so in a way it's like, it's, it's like drag race, like Aquarius becoming a, the next drag superstar was not so much about her getting eventually, you know, maybe getting the crown. I think it's about, her coming on Drag Race and like working through the other stuff that's stopping her from being a star on her own. You know what I mean? Like learning how to connect with people, learning how to open up, learning how to show people who she is. These were the things that she like didn't know how to do. And so like for her at her stage of drag, because she's young, she's, she's talented enough to stick around long, to stick around long enough and learn all the lessons, but she's young enough to need them. You know what I mean? And to like actually apply them. I mean, she's she found a way to just I I feel like make everyone fall in love with her in this episode. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah. With, with when she was crying about how she can't believe she's here, I don't care how produced that might have been. That was like one of the, um, we were at the bar where people were drinking and being nasty to each other. People were like quiet and saying, "Oh my god, that's so small. oh oh!" Like that's those were the reactions, and mm-hmm. I, I had the same reaction. I was just like, "This is this is so." fucking sweet yeah uh, that this little i could just see this little 14 year old boy 
realizing where he was and just looking around. I just feel like we have slept on Aquaria. You and I have slept on Aquaria all season because she's just kind of we just kind of expected her to kill it. Or mm-hmm. find her way to the bottom in an acting challenge. And it just yeah. didn't happen. The bitch turned it out every single week. She she kept winning. The acting challenges is when she like stuck out. Um, yeah. And her runways yeah. were just always amazing. And we were just kind of like, okay, what else? What else? And I don't know why we weren't as gagging as we should have been. I mean, we were distracted by some amazing queens. Like, we obviously stand for uh, Monique Hart. And Monique yeah. Hart. I mean, I think that's what it was, is like, I kind of put a pin in Aquaria from early on, like, okay, she's great. She's really good. It's, you know, I'm not, I'm not feeling that deeper connection, that sort of talking heads kind of connection, that, that human connection that I'm getting from Monet or from Monique or from, uh, you know, who else? I mean, even over time, we'll talk about Cameron, you know, kind of feeling a connection to her. Um, I just wasn't getting that same connection. And as we've talked about in the past, it's usually that like human element that like, decides who the queen is that we're rooting for more so than the drag we're seeing on the runway. And I mean, yeah, it's it's very, it's very, uh, it's good editing in the sense that we got to wait to fall in love with Aquaria. Mm -hmm. Like they found a way to make her story work for the finale while also featuring, you know, the love of uh, queens that were eliminated earlier. Right. Right. Like I, yeah, I don't feel like, I feel like the queens that I was rooting for, you know, I'm sad to have seen them go, but I feel like they got their due time. And yeah. as a platform, the show did them well. Right, right. Yeah. No, certainly I, I, Monet, I you know. What'd you say? I said certainly Monet, you know. Oh, I think, certainly Monet. Certainly Monet. Yeah. Like, I think totally. even though she didn't win any challenges and she should have, the second best thing to not winning any challenges is everyone thinking you were robbed, you know? Oh, yeah. And, and all the queens loving her. I mean, I don't think yeah. she, I think she got along with everybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it's, I I don't know. It's not possible, you know, to to not like Monet. Yeah. Oh, totally. What a sweetheart. Um, do you want to talk about uh, Eureka? Uh, yeah. Let's talk about Eureka. Um, in terms of the recording, I don't know. I kind of know what elephant noise they were pushing for, but I was like, guys, scrap it. Scrap it. It's a hard. It's a hard one to do. It's a hard one. Yeah. To do. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but I did think it was adorable. It was like one of those moments that you capture because it's really cute. And mm-hmm. Eureka was absolutely adorable uh, during this recording session. Like I thought she was really sweet and yeah. uh, excited. And I was like, okay, this is this is like a season nine aquar- uh, Eureka. And I'm just kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm yeah. into this. Well, that's you know, yeah. th- there's always those little moments with Aquaria or Eureka where I like. I'm like, oh, oh, I guess I, oh, I like this version of you. And, you know, it's that wishy-washiness of, okay, well, now I like you in this little moment. Oh, I like this little right. moment of you. And then there's, like, a handful that, like, don't ring true for me. Um, right. And I think and it, I think I said this last week with Eureka. I mean, the one thing that I still kind of hold against her is that shady, shitty moment with the Vixen. I mean, I, I can't, it's really hard for me to shake that. I'm kind of like, you even admitted how you did it on purpose. I just didn't... I, I don't know. And then and, and she's not get, she's not really getting any flack for that. And I mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's been stomped out um, and maybe not. But I don't think that she I don't feel bad for her. You know, I don't think mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I, yeah, I'm trying my best to empathize with her and, and love all the positive things about her. And I think that's what 
that's kind of a lesson in life is like, okay, what can I, what can I grab onto as opposed to things that I don't like um, and hope that those things that are none of my business uh, figure themselves out. Yeah. I I think that it's like, I'm, I'm not, I think that moment, you know, with, with the Vixen and whatnot, I feel like I'm, I'm over the, the moment itself happening, but it's kind of like when somebody's mean to a waiter, it kind of is like, oh, this tells me a lot about you. This, yeah. this is pretty indicative of, of other things about you. Um, right. And so it's kind of hard to kind of forget that. And I think there are just, there have just been so many moments with Eureka that I think being the producer's contestant have not rung true. And right. I think yeah. those moments where we connect and we like her is when she's not being the producer's contestant and she's actually being herself, which of course is the message that we're told and they're told constantly is just be yourself. And I, you know, like before we started recording, I was just kind of flipping through the subreddit and I saw some clip of Eureka performing and, and it was her doing, uh, you know, one of those death drops where, you know, she lands on her back, like a, like a Shangela death drop. And I was like, fuck this. This is amazing. This fucking queen. That's amazing. Like just the, <clears throat> because she's bigger, the drag of it was just so exciting. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. She totally. does a death drop. And I love that. But that's different than what I'm seeing on the show, you know? Oh, totally, totally. You know, and the other the other side of Eureka as well is that she uh, she isn't criticized as heavily as some other queens like the Vixen um, for being outspoken and not sorry about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another thing that we allow for Eureka because we she talks about the pain so much and we see the pain because she's a big girl. Mm-hmm. And I and so I also feel like there's kind of this uh, uh, duality there that we don't we don't criticize that aspect of her. Uh, some people do. Obviously, they're like, you're mm-hmm. too big, you're too loud. Um, and I feel like she gets a pass for it because it's it's there and there's this innocence there that or the perceived innocence right um i you know i want her to be herself i i want to talk about her runway when we get there which i think kind of like ties everything into a little bow for me Mm -hmm. for all of that um but i think that's also why eureka leaves a bad taste in people's mouths is because yes she is produced to be rooted for as opposed to against that's that is the nail on the head. She's being produced to be rooted for. That's it. That sums it up. Nice work, Mary. That's uh, that's Thanks, my Mary. problem with Eureka. Is it's it's on the producers. It's on her. It's on everybody. That like I feel like I'm being pushed to like her and pushed to root for her when it's just like it, it's like I'm sorry. It's just not. It, it's square pegging around hole, guys. Like I'm just not feeling it. I mean, I love. I, I love her drag. I I love when she's herself. I love her runway looks. I love what she does with her body. I love how positive she is. I love when she's extra. But for some reason on this show, it is. I feel like my arm is being twisted. Yep, exactly. And and I resent it. I'm like, nope, not rooting for you. Nope. You know, <laughs> bring calorie back. You know, like I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> God, bring Darian Lake back, Mary. Sure, you know sure. Uh, I'm dipping those cool, cool waters. waters. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. No, I. Uh, I hear you. I just. I think that that's the problem. Is I'm just not. I'm. I'm just not buying it, Gia. It's. I'm, yeah. It's just that I'm not buying it, Gia situation. Yeah, you've um, got a whole rack of queens. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, I, I. I guess kind of on that note, I. I will because you know, always trying to give credit where there could be some. Is I. 
I think when Eureka described kind of the time since she injured herself on season nine to coming back, when she described it as a dark adventure, that felt like a very kind of mature place to be about your shit. And I felt like that was somewhere Eureka needs to get is, you know, from my armchair psychology. So like grains (laughs) of salt, my friends, grains, Himalayan, pink, of course. Um, (laughs) You know what I mean? That like... I think there's the way that we think about our stories, right? And the way that we think about our pain. It's like when I think of like my dad, you know what I mean? And like when I was younger, I fucking pinned everything on him. And now I'm just like, you know, he didn't know what the fuck to do. He's he's not someone I can have in my life. He's totally fucked up. But like move on dot org. I got to move on. And like I need to see that as this contained story on a shelf. And it just feels like Eureka hasn't gotten there. And that's, she seems very attached to the story of being in pain. Uh-huh. As, as so many queers are. And another yeah. reason why I think her triumph on this show is, is also important to push. I just want to highlight the maturity and beautifulness that is Shea Coulee. Mm. Shea Coulee recently posted on Twitter a thread dedicated to celebrating all the things we love about Eureka. I saw that. And yeah. I'm just like, let's move in that direction. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think you and I on all right, Mary, we can talk about how she is on the show, but I also think at the same time, it's like, yes, she's a person who is still figuring out her journey and her dark adventure. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I mean, we saw on Twitter, it was like the Vixen had retweeted a thread, um, oh, kind right. of, reasons why not Eureka um, and endorse that. And then Shay posted this and one wasn't necessarily in response to the other, but like, you know, uh, Shay and the Vixen know each other. It's it's interesting of those two queens to have kind of, I don't want to say conflicting, but interesting complementary threads, you know? And Shay was on season nine with Eureka. I mean, that's some loyalty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Of course there's that connection too, which I didn't even think about is they have a connection as well. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, I think at the end of the day, it's like the, the thread that the Vixen had reposted and I read through it and I I said, okay, I I hear all this. I'm not saying it's wrong. I hear all of it. Yeah. This isn't about who's who's right and who's wrong. It's just, okay, there's that. But to your point, the thread that Shay started is the long game. That's the more important thread is celebrating people, not figuring out how to invalidate someone for a competition that's going to be over in a few weeks. Absolutely. And by next year, completely forgotten. Yeah. Because like the shit that they're saying about her goes beyond. It's like Cracker saying like Asia didn't need to say I'm not a star. That goes a little above and beyond the answer needed. Like saying shit like Eureka's this and she's that and she's terrible and she should just do that. It's like, that that doesn't have shit all to do with winning a crown. Now you're just tearing apart a human being. And like you've missed the point, you know? I feel like at the end of the day that on that thread, uh, the vixen that the vixen retweeted, um somebody added Eureka and the person was like, Don't oh, add God. her. This is none of her business. Like I I'm not yeah. here for that. I'm not here to tear her down. I'm just trying to like analyze like why I I, I wouldn't want Eureka to win. And yeah, okay, it's a very public space for it, but like, okay, that's that's what Twitter's for. Um, but yeah, yeah don't at the queen at least, at yeah. least if you're going to have you know the freedom of uh, expression and 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 uh, creativity and whatever, if you're going to have all of that on Twitter, at least make it yours. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I I don't. I think that it is a 
it is a small but significant step to tag someone in your post that's that's attacking them. Um, I think it's I think it's cowardly. Um, right. I think that there are better ways to have a conversation. Yeah. Um, and I when I saw that because I and I know that the, the original person who posted it didn't tag her and was not trying to no. and I respect that. And then the person who did and and was like, oh yeah, Yuriko Hara is the worst. It was like you're the problem. Right. You, you're you, a fourteen you year old shit. at your. Keyboard. You're the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. totally. So I you know I don't know. Uh, I mean, yeah, I will that was say really frustrating. this. Before we move on from Eureka, I, w- I went to Narc Bar on Thursday to meet some friends, and one of them brought their boyfriend, um, this lovely man from London. Um, I think he was like mid to late 20s. Not that that matters. Um, mm-hmm. He was very, uh, very, uh, you know, uh, classically attractive, right? Like he had the, sure. the blue eyes, the brown hair built thin you know like that whole thing accent yeah the accent exactly um and he was so nasty whenever oh. eureka got on the screen Ugh. he was so nasty. he was he, he would he audibly went Ugh. or Ugh. 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 And, oh, which i'm doing to him her. right now shut up like yeah. he was saying things like that and i'm like you know what that's that's also why eureka is in in the top four because at uh, even if even all of the fucking awful shenanigans she's done there is still this person that is being completely uh washed away from people's minds because of how she looks mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's um it's interesting right i think the, the when you talk about the stories that are kind of being told on this on the season, taking away the competition, looking at more as a documentary. When you think about Eureka and you think about Cameron, you think there is a real intention to show a story here. Not that Asian Aquaria don't have stories. Theirs are actually super fascinating. Those there's their stories are more interesting oh, to Asians. me than oh. Eureka and Cameron. Right. But I, I, I really, by the end of this episode, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if it's because of the show that I really fully understand Eureka. I would say some of the some of the feedback we've gotten from from our Marys have given me more perspective on Eureka. To be totally honest, yeah, and, um, and Cameron for they, that matter. Uh, one of our listeners brilliantly kind of like read us for projecting our own shit on Cameron, which I'm just like, I was snapping the whole time. I'm like, oh my god, totally, totally, I totally get. Yeah, because now I look at Cameron and I like. Cameron may not be the queen that I'm rooting for to win the crown of season 10, the one little specific tiny thing. Right. But I, I do think that I connect with her emotionally more than any of the other queens. Oh, I, I totally get that. Oh, yeah. That's so true. That's so true. Because yep. she is really her own worst credit. She is her... Uh, Always in her head, not wanting to celebrate because mm-hmm. it, it'll be too disappointing. She's very emotional. She can be shy in big situations. Um, mm-hmm. She is determined. And then she has her. She has her times when she does show up and she does come out and she oh is God. comfortable. Um, yes, right. It's it and and it's and it's kind of like it's like when you see Trinity K. Bonet lip sync, you're like, whoa, right? Where did this come from? Yes. And I I I'm not asking for Cameron to change, and I don't think RuPaul is either. And I realize kind of the second time watching this episode, I'm totally okay if this is how Cameron is. Right. Okay, fine. Then you're quiet and you come out on stage. That's fine. You're a super nice person. You're great to your fans. You connect with people. Like, you're a good energy. Like, and you're fucking talented. Like, I've, 
I've really forgiven. I, I've come a long way with Cameron. And by the end of this, especially crying in her final talking head during Untucked, I was like, oh, I see you. Oh, yeah. you yeah. sweet little goose. Yeah. I mean, they're all little gooses, right? They're all little gooses. Some bigger they're than They're all others. little honking geeses. Yes, yeah. Honk, honk. <laughs> yeah. Um, Goose wanna, of the season. Do you want to move on a little bit and talk about Asia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know this, we kind of tangented. Keep, let's keep you going. Uh, um, uh, yeah, so I mean, I kind of gave my notes about the recording that I felt like Todrick was kind of doing this mocking and shaming technique, which we've talked about. I know that Asia was kind of being the apt pupil, but in my mind, I was like... She needs to slap some sense into this child. You do not talk to a woman this way. Sure, totally. <laughs> you know I mean? Totally. But at the same time, it's shenanigans. You know, much know, like uh, what happened with um, this reminded me very much of uh, Adam uh, on season three All Stars with Trixie. Uh huh. And yep. Trixie, Trixie, yep. like, literally bit back and is like, oh, yeah, you're going to love Trixie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, oh, female like, illusion? I, I oh, okay. Of- <laughs> I kind of appreciate that now. I'm kind of still glad she did that, you know, yes. that she oh, was just totally, kind of still totally. herself. Yeah. yeah. You know, the one thing um, that made me sad about this Asia recording session is uh, when, when Tajik's like, okay, who do you like want to emulate? Who do you feel? And he, he's like, Whitney Houston He's like, okay, Whitney Houston would never do this. Whitney Houston would never do this, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Now do it like Whitney Houston. And Asia gets like half of a phrase in and then Tajik's like, stop. And I'm like, no, no, that was, we that was his that was his best Whitney Houston. <laughs> yeah, let him go there. And he totally poo pooed yeah. it. I felt so bad. I was like, no, 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 no. That was that was beautiful. Yeah. Actually, even if it wasn't perfect, it was like okay, that was him trying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it was like Aquaria. Like Aquaria, when she finally got it, she was a little like little strained at first, and then she found it. It's like let her get there and then adjust. Yeah, you know. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, just proof of Asia's adulthood in the room that she was just taking that all with a grain of salt, with taking it in stride. Sure. Uh, Yeah, I was very impressed. Um, Asia on What's the Tea? I just, you know, I love, Mm. there's always this, you know, the nuanced narrator. I always, there's these funny ways that Asia interacts with RuPaul. And when RuPaul says, oh, we finally had you on. And Asia says, I have waited my entire life. Like, it's just this, like, she's not nervous. She's just playing with them. You know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah. oh, different totally. than, like, than Aquaria, you know? Right. Um, right. It and, didn't feel uh, like know, they were uh, interviewing Raven Simonier. They didn't, it didn't feel like they were interviewing Aquaria, which oftentimes on What's the Tea, like, if it, there is a younger star, there's this mm-hmm. uh, sense of, like, to your your mom's friends talking to you when you were a child like asking yes. you like easy questions and and being very agreeable and not kind of challenging you or pushing you further um right. there's this kind of it's not condescending but it, it's just kind of this sweet talk whereas i think when yeah. someone like asia or alaska even when they get on, or katya even when they get on that podcast there is uh the conversation goes to a different type of level Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's funny you mentioned that because I, I think with Aquaria, that was definitely happening until they got to the point where they talked about her meeting Suzanne Barsh. Oh. And then it was like, now you're our equal. <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> now you're just like us because that's how we met. You know what I mean? And that's like that's Aquaria's like that's part of why she's amazing is that she's this this kid dropped at FIT because she met Suzanne Barsh and just like took off. And I just think like and she did the same thing RuPaul did and Michelle did like that's. Aquaria is a throwback queen and a forward-thinking queen at the same time, right, you know? Right, 
Yeah, she she knows how to research and go forward. Yeah, and has just like a for Aquaria, to, like that's such a that's that's something you don't expect of a twenty one year old contestant that they that they are friends with Suzanne Barsh and uh, Amanda Lepore. You know what I mean? Right. That's something you expect from a queen twenty thirty years older. Oh, you totally, know? totally. You know, I I imagined uh, it reminded me of Stanley Tucci's character from Devil Wears Prada when there's that mm-hmm. whole uh, segment about how he's like, well, you know, you could be I don't know. Uh, a little boy in his room underneath the covers, you know, looking at the, you know, uh, magazines and, and Vogue and fashion. And I'm like, that was Aquaria. Aquaria yeah. was like deep into this as a small child and just researching their way and imagining mm-hmm. their way to the top. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I was I don't want to forget because I was going to talk about it when we talked about the talking to their younger selves. But I'll mention it now. But Aquaria um, that. You know, Aquaria, she doesn't get a video message from home. Right. She doesn't really talk about any kind of struggles growing up. Like, her parents have always been really supportive. They've given her the space to explore. The the picture of her that she talks to that RuPaul holds up, she's in, you know, drag. Um, so her parents have been letting her explore from a young age. And I just feel like this is proof of what happens when you let your kid explore. Oh, yeah. You know, like, it's kind of like what Monique Hart was saying. Like, nothing happens, America. Right. You know, in terms of, like, like whatever you're afraid of, it doesn't happen. Um, and, in, in fact, like, Aquaria is the success story of what happens if you let your kid just, you know... Just be. Play with all the colors. Exactly. Yeah. That's so well said. That exactly, if you let your kids see the entire crayon box and yeah. let them color the hair purple and the the hand green and the nails, mm-hmm. you know, orange. Like, if you let them do everything, then they're going to see that there's so many pieces that they can draw from to create themselves mm-hmm. because at the end yeah. of the day you can't create them you can't mold them they have to do it themselves you just have to give them the tools you have to give them right. the crayons you have to give them the picks the 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 the, the little sticks that you, you you score things with you give them the slop to put things together you give them some clay you give them all of the access to the toolbox and they will create something different and beautiful yeah I mean, it's like Aquarius says, like, everything I do is, is my own kind of Aquarian sense of things. It's like, how do you think she figured that out by 21? Right. She spent, she's been allowed most of her life to this point to do that. Yeah. And look what it's created. Not right. only in what we see visually, but I have to believe there's some connection to her ability to take criticism and to listen and to process. Like, because like that... Whether or not that's an act for the show, she did it convincingly. Oh, I believe You know that. what I mean? Yeah. Every, so every she single knew time how she, to do that. Every single time she kind of faltered socially, she fixed it or apologized. Yep. Yeah. And it didn't appear false. And she didn't do it in a way that, like, to me, it's like, sure, she's on television and she wants people to kind of connect with her. So she has to be kind of mindful of what she's saying. But, like... At the same time, she doesn't stand to, quote unquote, gain anything by admitting that she was wrong to Asia the next day and saying, yeah. you're right, I was being ridiculous. Like, the only, yeah, she stands to gain more like fan love. But in terms of like her ego, like she's sacrificing her ego to do that. And that's 
that that most people don't learn that ever, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. So right. like that your ego doesn't win always. You're absolutely you know? right. You're absolutely right. Um, we should kind of move back to Asia's podcast because there was a lot in there okay. that I think pushes her story to be kind of a, a, a pallbearer, not a pallbearer, a torchbearer for the crown. Um, just yeah, this well, idea. That's an ironic uh, mis, <laughs> mis, um, misnomer. Is that the word? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but just uh, the story about what happened after Asia's parents died in the same year when he was 27. Um, yeah. You, you have to depend on yourself emotionally, spiritually, creatively, uh, like all of that. And I feel like that is right out of the gospel of RuPaul. Right. That's yeah. what RuPaul is always saying. Like, it's only you. You have to de- you have to create it yourself. Um, and then the idea oh, that this was so beautiful that Asia, because of of who she is and where she came from, she's always been hypersensitive to connections with people because she's constantly trying to create family and she's looking yeah. for family. And I think that is uh, a, a wonderful story to, to push forward, especially as someone who uh, is going to, you know, represent the brand for someone who sings Call Me Mother. Right. And who has said we gay people, we get to choose our family. Yes. You know, it's yeah. like, exactly. Like, I just think that Asia, I love what Michelle said towards the end of the episode of like, it's people like Asia in our community that we would crumble without. Right. And I read that as it's the people who are brave enough to be connective and are brave enough to be open and are brave enough to be kind. kind. Um, You're talking about this nasty British guy, you know, and it's like he doesn't have the guts to be nice. Right. Right. No, of course not. Um, Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, there's something stunted there. Right. But somebody like Mm -hmm. Asia will just be friends with you. And, and that's yeah. that's that's the start. Right. If you give her a reason to hate you, you know, OK, fine. You know, that's on sure. you. But like, right. You start with a you start with a place of, of love and openness. Right. If you start mm-hmm. there, you know, you might get hurt. But like, I think it, I think it gives you more strength to 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 open to be started. To yeah. Start open. Well, you know, in Asia, she says this episode, she she sees her life's purpose as to improve the quality of other people's lives. Ugh. That she's essentially, you know, a, a servant to the people, which there are some people that's it's not a it's not a it's not a bad thing. It's not a codependent thing. It's not a it's not a weaker thing. It's you've got this special gift. It's that she's come with a strong enough platform in this world to be yeah, able to help gift. other people. Yes, you that's know? a gift. Yeah. I mean, there is uh, that aspect, especially in gay people and queer people that uh, will take care of everybody else and take care of all the other fires and and Mm -hmm. not themselves because it's easier and they don't have to face themselves. And if they fix others, then the focus isn't on them. And I can see part of that in Asia's story that she is hurting and that there are things in her life that are hard um, Mm -hmm. and it's easier to help others. But I will say the best place to heal yourself is to help others. A hundred and ten percent. Yeah. I mean, in terms of, you know, depression, anxiety, like take the focus off yourself, help somebody else. Like it has a huge effect. Totally. And, you know, it's definitely, you know, manifesting if we were to ever have Asia O'Hara as a guest on this podcast. That'd be my question is like as someone who takes care of everyone, how do you take care of yourself? Yeah. You know what? How do you not that she doesn't. But if that's something she's so focused on, like how is she connecting with herself? You know what I mean? Right, right. Uh, let's move on to Cameron. Um, Cameron and the yes. singing. I, I, I have to say that I think all of the Cameron singing down the octave, I think that's all staged. 
I think Todrick uh, was supposed to come in and make him move up the octave and the drama was all created because Cameron, I think, knows that she can sing and that she can sing in that octave. Like, I think she knows that. Um, Once she and, got it, she didn't seem to have any troubles keeping with it, you know? Right. And she, and I love that. I, it did not pass by me, but she says uh, she cracks at the top of uh-huh. one of the phrases and, uh, and Todrick says, Fuck the crack. And I'm like, okay, yeah. don't mind if I do, Mary. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we, we know Todrick's got an eye for Ms. Michaels. That's so right. I'm sure that was a Freudian slip. Uh, fuck the crack. <laughs> yeah, I bet you would. I bet you would. <laughs> bet you would, Mimi. Um, yeah, well, guess what, Mimi? <laughs> uh, we did the, it. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast, um, I... The, the one thing that I uh, I, th- I found interesting about this, I think it was a lot of uh, the same that we kind of already knew about Cameron. It was great mm-hmm. to hear him talk about it, but uh, Dane, um, but him talking about his dad and his dad saying, I don't have a problem with you being gay. Just don't dress as a woman. And that is a perfect example of misogyny, right? Where yep. it's like, I, I just don't want you to act like a like a female. Yeah, I know. I feel like whenever we get to that topic, it's like in my mind, it one of those like tweets with the hand claps between every word shows up. And I just think the problem is not homophobia. The problem is misogyny. Like right. I go to that place, you know, right. <laughs> like I, totally. I get so clappy about it because yeah. it's just like, you know, it, it it's just the truth. Facts are facts in America. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, I, I think when I heard that, I guess I just went to the context of, I, I imagined him as like, you know, I thought of Tennessee. I just kind of went to kind of like cliched stereotypical places of like a, a more traditionally Southern conservative step, stepdad or dad, whatever he was. Where gender roles um, are like capital G R, right? Exactly. Right, yeah. right, exactly. There, there's a sense of values Hawkins and dance. traditions. Yeah. Girls What's do that? this, boys do this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think um, like that whole... I know we're really celebrating this whole concept of like, there's no such thing as can't like can't's not a word. Mm -hmm. I, I get it. I get that concept. I, I think it's the wording. I think the concept makes sense to me. For some reason, the wording does not ring true. Um, I don't know what that's about. I'm just naming it. I don't think that that's not true. I just think that way of seeing it feels it, it lands kind of in a similar place as like pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, which is a, a, myth um where it's like okay that's that's an encouraging thing to say but it's it's also not encouraging at all you know i see what you're saying i mean i think rupaul's story is an example of can't not being a word like because even when rupaul couldn't rupaul went a different way and was creative enough to be like all right well then i'm gonna do this over here Mm -hmm. yeah and i think that's the version of this that makes sense is if if the direction you want to go doesn't exist, that means you have to create it. Yes. I think that that's similar. It's a similar concept. And yet that resonates for me completely. You know, sure. um, I, uh, I love the question. I love this question. When RuPaul asked Cameron, um, what is it you're afraid of people knowing? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, if somebody asked me that, I, uh, I, that, that to me would be a very challenging question. It'd yeah. be a very difficult question to answer. I think right. that's a great question to ask. Oh yeah. How did Cameron respond? Was um, it just, he's, he says talking about his emotions scare him. Um, he's more reserved on camera, but he sells it on stage, which is totally true. He's his own worst critic. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that's, that's something that he 
you know, uh, has been open about. Yeah. Um, and I don't think he knows what he doesn't want people to know. I think he's afraid of seeing it before anyone else. You know what I sure. mean? I think that like, what is it you're afraid of people seeing? It's like, what is it you're afraid of seeing in yourself? You know, it's right. kind of like doing that Byron Katie work, you know, of like, <laughs> is it true? How do you know it's true? And turning it around. It's like, yeah. instead of worrying about other people seeing something, it starts with what does Cameron not want to see in himself? Again, armchair psychology. Yeah. I'm just expounding upon this idea. Right, 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 right. I mean, I think like we don't really know Cameron. We don't know any of these queens. No. I, I'm sure Cameron is the the fact that Cameron has gotten to where Cameron has gotten, where Dane has gotten, shows that there is grit and that there is creativity and that there is something that is working. And I think mm-hmm. that Dane, if Dane doesn't know what it is, he's very sure of which direction to keep going in. So he might not be able to name it yet what's working, but something is working. That's not to say that yeah. successful people don't have demons and things to work out, but uh, I think that he's on the right path to kind of making things find more peace. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that certainly after this, I mean, again, if we were to have Cameron Michaels on the podcast, I would want to ask like, what did what did doing drag race you know do for you in terms of connecting with things like what did it bring up for you that you had to address you know yeah like, yeah, what, yeah like how did he grow you know yeah yeah how did you grow like what did you do with this you know that you were forced to confront um, right I mean and when I any, say like he, 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 I'm sorry to interrupt you but he mm-hmm. finds on the runway he talks about how he's faltered and faltered and faltered and he found a way to keep going, which is like a theme for life, which I think is beautifully stated, but I don't think that Cameron has not done that before. Uh, you mean, you don't like, you think this has been kind of Cameron's story long before the competition. Well, I think Cameron knows how to get up and, and keep going. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. I mean, I think most of these Queens, I think that's been, uh, maybe not necessarily Aquaria, but certainly a Eureka literally had to get up (laughs) and keep going. Um, and, uh, you know, I think Asia as well. I mean, just the, I think losing both of your parents at the age of 27 within six months, it's like, Uh. I'd still be in an iron lung. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, I mean, it's like, that's a getting up and keeping going situation. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that I, I think that my issue with with Cameron and what I was going to say before is when I'm saying what's Cameron afraid of showing, I'm kind of using Cameron as a placeholder here for anyone ask that question of like, what are you afraid of people seeing? I think the first question is, what are you afraid of seeing? Mm. Um, it doesn't really matter what other people see. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but uh, I just wanted to qualify that. But uh, I think that my issue with Cameron to this point is it all feels very non-specific. I hear you. I hear you. I, and I don't know. We come, we come a little hard on Cameron because we're like, what is it? What is it? Uh, can it just be that she's talented? I mean, the whole competition is charisma, charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. I think she's got the nerve. I think she's got the talent. Um, she's very charismatic, like on stage, which I think works. Um, and mm-hmm. her unique story, uh, and, and kind of, she's from Tennessee. She's a muscle queen. Like I see C-U-N-T, but, uh, there's something, there's just something that's missing and I don't know what it is. I think she's yeah. so fabulous to watch on stage and her, her costumes are gorgeous and her face is stunning. What is it that we're missing? Yeah, I think it's probably ties back to for you and I. I think it's just the way that we Our, fall in love with the queen, you well, know, and, I, well, the way and we the fall area the, that we fall in love with the queen. 
she's held back, you know? I see what you mean. Yes, yes. And in the talking heads and that whole thing. I also think that there is a part of me that is projecting my own shit onto Cameron mm-hmm. where it's just like, no, I'm used to not liking you or used to being um, scared around you. I'm used yeah. to interacting with you like I re- interacted with that British guy at Narc Bar. It's kind of like, oh, okay. I'm hearing what you say about Eureka. I'm actually going to back away a little bit. You know, right. it, it's almost like I see someone that's gorgeous and, uh, and, and, you know, masculine looking and like passing and, you know, all mm-hmm. of that and disciplined. And I'm just like, I'm, I just kind of cower or yeah. I immediately put on like, well, what else? You know, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> well, and it's funny because I, yeah, I had a lot of the same experience. It's and so unfair. honestly, by the end of the season, like I don't even see, like I've stopped seeing, oh, it's the hot guy, Cameron. Right. Like I'm seeing the sensitive, quiet, the introvert, yeah. shy. I'm seeing kind of the energy of Cameron now. I want to give Cameron a hug now. Whereas in the beginning yeah. of the season, I wanted to like take a picture of Cameron. You know? Right, right. In a sort of reverse leapfrog position. Yeah, totally. Right. Um, <laughs> I think those boys are playing leapfrog, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I have boys on my bowl, too. <laughs> I have boys, I too. Do too. <laughs> the bird cage. One, one of them's like, no boys in mine. I don't have yeah, any yeah, boys no, in I my bowl. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's the sun, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so I'm sorry, we've, we've, we're on Cameron. Uh, I guess the last thing I was just going to say, and this kind of wraps up probably a lot of what, what we've just been saying about Cameron is that like, if, if Aquarius is kind of summer camp as fuck, I think that Cameron is being high school as fuck. It's more advanced, but it's still produced, you know? <laughs> okay. I get it. I mean, I still think that there's a school as fuck of Laganja in high school. That's a whole like other level of school as fuck. This is just in terms of like production. I think that like Cameron's doing like a maybe even like a bachelor's degree level of self production. <laughs> you know, there's a lot I'm not of walls. Her. I think Cameron has a lot of walls, and to be on you know national international television on a huge stage like that, it is about self preservation, and she knows that if she says something shitty or if she falters once, she will. Not only have other she she thinks others will tear her the fuck down, but she doesn't mm-hmm. know if she can bring herself back up after that. Right, right. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was just thinking, like, it's one thing. Sorry I, to interrupt you. It's one thing if Cameron falters versus then Dane falters. Oh, that's yeah. That would be that would be the most confronting thing is for Dane to falter. And like, in some ways though, that's kind of like when Asia kind of says about how like gifts come cloaked as darkness later, that sometimes is very necessary. And I'm not saying I want dark things to happen to Cameron, but like that's when I've learned the most is the, is the dark cloaked lessons, you know? Oh, totally. Um, yeah. I, uh, I think the thing I was going to say about Cameron is that like, she's a, she's the kind of queen that I actually would be really excited to meet because I'm not intimidated by her personality. Okay. And I'm kind of intimidated by some of the other ones. Like, to be honest, they're so big. Right. And I feel like Cameron would be very easy to connect with even in drag, you know? I feel like I could, uh, after seeing this episode, I could totally uh, connect with Aquaria. Oh, I mean, yes, I, I certainly feel like Aquaria, like I I'd love how to, to just, it. I just want to like pick her brain. I just want to, I just want to ask her lots of questions. Yeah. Um, and Asia, I just want to tell her how great she is. I want to hug her neck. Until, 
I want to hug that neck. I do. I do. I just, we'll get to an untucked, but I was like, what do you mean no one cares? The gift of caring about Asia O'Hara is not to be re-gifted. Uh, God. You know, like the opportunity to have Asia O'Hara in your life is like, uh, I, I would, I would love a that. A blessing. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I'd send her a video message any day. Oh, completely. With bad lighting? Oh, it'd be fabulous. Oh, done. Easy. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to sit in front of any natural light. I'm just going to turn the kitchen light on at 8 o'clock at night. <laughs> um, oh, so, man. okay, so we, I think we've covered all of the yes. uh, segments. Um, we get to the, uh, we've talked about the Cameron Whisperer, the dance rehearsal. I think we've, I don't, I don't think we've really talked about the dance rehearsal, the, um, like Todrick dumbing down what today what today ticks was for the Tennessee Queens. Right. <clears throat> I, I was like, I think I'm also kind know. of not here for the today ticks advertisement. I'm just kind of like that is that is worse than now available on iTunes. Like they should oh, have yeah. made it funnier than that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was so heavy. And you would think that like Rue and Michelle being such big fans for so long of today ticks, they could have worked out a better endorsement than just like something this clunky, you know? Yeah, then like Rue standing there doing the spiel in drag. I was like, you guys must have paid a fucking Buffalo nickel for this. Totally. Like, totally. You know, it's a big, um, deal. yeah. Uh, I, I mean, just in terms of the dance rehearsal, I feel like the only notes, I mean, this is when Aquaria cries. Right. Um, I do think that like Aquaria is kind of like Shay in the season nine final four challenge where it's just like, it's kind of like Todrick goes to her to say, okay, what can you do? You set the bar, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll do. I'll it's do the three he, knows he doesn't have to teach; he can just yeah. collaborate with. You right. Know? Totally. Totally. Yeah, I feel like with someone like Cameron and Asia, I think he had to be, uh, and Eureka for that matter, he needed to be more of a coach. Whereas Aquaria was just like, okay, do this. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was, and, and it came out in her performance as well. I mean, it was just so in her body; it looked like improv. You know what yeah. I mean? It looked like she yeah. was doing it on the spot, which I, as I learned from Pose, that, you know, dancing is about not looking like it's choreographed moves. Like, it looks like you're just living. Yeah. I mean, I think that's so true of, like, I think of that with, like, acting. I think of that with, like, when people do even, like, storytelling and stuff like that or anything that's, like, scripted. I think, for me, it's, like, the key is getting me to forget that you've scripted and, and rehearsed all of this, you know? Right, right. Um, if indeed you have, you know? It shouldn't um, look like work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's kind of part of the, like, suspension of disbelief is, like, when you watch a play, it's, like, you have to forget that, like, these actors, this, all of this has been figured out to the, to the detail, to the nuance. And they know? do it eight shows a week, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They've been doing it repeatedly, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, totally. I also just love watching Asia learn choreography, like she's just she's just so good at picking it up and it's yeah. just like fun to see her get it i think i'm envious because i'm more of a eureka <laughs> i know me i i totally was with eureka this whole this whole rehearsal i was like Same. i don't wait do they have a video that she practices with later like how long yeah. is the rehearsal is the re- i'm assuming the rehearsal is like four to six hours yeah i mean it, it has to be it has to be like a, the whole day has to be like at least a 16 hour day you yeah. know um, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I definitely empathize with Eureka, this whole, like every cut to her face of like looking around and missing the steps. I was like, yep. Oh, like yep. I, I'm not, I'm not judging you girl. I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Oof. I did notice in the rehearsals, you know, kind of listening to the lyrics, um, it's funny how Cameron's kind of quiet story, it's so similar to Pearl's sleepy story. You know, it feels to me kind of like if you get a story that you're too quiet or you're too sleepy or Naomi Small's story was that she had long legs, it, it's probably not enough. You know what oh. I mean? I mean, I, 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 I thought her lyrics were... I'm really glad that Ross Matthews highlighted Cameron's lyrics because I did think that they were worth repeating. It bared repeating mm-hmm. for me. I mean, those were... Yeah. I mean, I, I have them up here. You know, hey... You there now? Pay attention to me. Sorry, I just had to do it because that's the part I always get in my head. Yeah, Yeah, me too. Uh, We fought for our right to love and be who we be. We will not be silenced, and I won't sit down. I'm gay and proud. Might not be loud, but I found my sound. Now, sound doesn't have to necessarily be her voice, but it can be her quote unquote voice on the runway Mm -hmm. and in the lips. Yeah, and 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 how she does that. Um, yeah, no, I, I love, I love all that. I love this idea of like, especially like I didn't, I didn't realize that it was uh, gay pride in Fort Lauderdale this weekend. I didn't plan oh, for that. Colin. And so well, it is so, Folsom street East here. It is Father's uh, day. So poetically placed. Yeah. It, it <laughs> After we record, Daddy's I think I'm going to go head over there and see if I can meet some, some merry daddies. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Some leather Marys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> totally. Yeah. I, so I didn't, uh, I was going to go yesterday cause they have a whole parade in like Wilton manners, the, the gay okay. district. And I was going to go and I ended up making other plans that were more, uh, in line with things I wanted to do because I just was like, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I need to go I don't know if I'm that kind of gay person who needs to go to the parade. I love that it's there and I want people who want to go to that to go to it. But like, I don't know if that's how I'm expressing my gay pride, you know? And, and so and I think I of totally that in terms of Cameron, you. like I found my sound, you know? Right, right. I, I totally hear you on that. I think parades nowadays are less about the activism and the importance of marching through the streets and demanding and being visible and, and uh, celebrating that, yes, we can do this. Um, you can, we will not be silenced. You cannot hate us, um, or you should not hate us. Uh, but nowadays parades are more, um, a platform, um, for corporate sponsors and politicians. I mean, I think that it's, it's a mix still and there is visibility, but, uh, yeah, parades are harder. Uh, they're not, they're not walkouts. They're not marches. Uh, they're parades. And they're just, they're, it's a lot. It's a and they're lot. And very, they're very white, muscle-bound boys, you know? And I feel like a lot of that, like I always see the guys on the floats dancing and I'm just kind of like, can we do something else here? Yeah. Please? You know, it's funny. I, I see that a lot on the floats, but I, oh, I see just, I did not know. It's like all of New York's lesbians come out for the parade. And I'm like, where have you guys been? <laughs> so many, like, like... It, 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 the look is always these like they're kind of you know kind of I don't want to say stocky but like just like built like tank top cargo shorts like slightly androgynous like it's this look it's this specific kind of like t- certain lesbian aesthetic and I'm like every time I go to Pride I just see it in droves and I'm like Mary, you gotta go to the cubbyhole. You gotta go to Henry Hutta Hudson's. You gotta go to those bars. That's where that's where many of them go. I mean, I don't go to any bars, so, like, I, I guess know. to be fair, like, I, but I think I, I could. It's just I always notice that in the crowd 
even more than the gay guys in the crowd, I noticed just all of the like tank top lesbians. Well, and a lot of them might be coming in from New Jersey or Long Island, mm-hmm. you know, upstate, yeah. like, you know, especially yeah. New York. Uh, I'm sad that you didn't go to the parade in Fort Lauderdale. I think going to a parade in another city is uh, always a cool experience because you see how they do it and you see that community or you see those straight people, allies that come out to support it. Like, I, I don't know. I think that's always uh, interesting to me. Yeah, no, I, I had every intention of going. I have no regrets, uh, but I uh, it was fine. I was going to go and I was going to make a whole thing of it and like film it and whatnot. But um, then I was like, whose vacation is this anyway? Sure. So I hear you. I hear that's you. What I did. Pride's next week yeah. for us. You know, I get it. Um, yeah, exactly. We should, we should talk about the 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 runway. Um, uh, we we talked about the challenge. The challenge is not filmed, quote unquote, live. It's there's definitely cuts and starts. I think to assure that all the girls did well. I mean, I could see when something was about to not look perfect and they cut away mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. another time that they filmed yes. it or another angle. Um, I also think that like the the clips of Rue and the judges laughing, like I I just don't think that that was live. I think they watched yeah. it and we heard that, but I don't think that they were there. It's like when when we see them watching like the Red for Filth commercial and you hear Rue's laugh throughout it. It's like right. it's this effect they do. It's like a laugh track, you know? Yes. Yeah, totally. To kind of like let you know, oh, this is funny. Oh, this right. is good. Yeah. Right, right. She's liking it. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, so we're going to talk about the runway uh, I guess I mean, I'm just looking at my notes for the actual challenge. Yeah, I think we can talk about the everything. challenge. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that I love that, like, Asia O'Hara was kind of doing an homage to Monet's sponge dress, <laughs> you know, with that green and yellow bathing suit. Um, you know, I, I also I, I just want to say about Asia. Uh, for me, she was the weakest of these four in this challenge. Yeah. Um, but I will say the bar went crazy when she did that, like, slide the she did the front uh-huh. leg slide and one was bent and then she like went down to her butt like the, yep. the oh, bar yeah. went crazy for that yeah they definitely cut away when you said before they cut away at certain moments that happened with asia a few times oh, where they totally. cut away when there was a Aquaria, mistake area there wasn't one unclean moment and i i swear no. to god at this bar the it, it was too loud to really even hear anything because we mm-hmm. were all going crazy for what we were seeing yeah oh it was i mean her choreography was like the split oh my god yeah oh my god it was so much more complex than everybody else's and it was impeccable and i just loved where that part in the song that like uh something that like i know i'm carrying but i'm an aquarian like i don't know what she was saying but like just the fact that she went there i was like she like changed up the song i just like i love aquaria because like i just don't know what she's gonna do next and i'm just so excited to see what it's gonna be you know yeah yeah totally i hope um she doesn't get co-opted by just basic managers, you know, I hope some, yeah. I hope she finds a team that's, uh, that's really just as creative as she is. Yeah. Yeah. Because she has been a self producer in a good way. Yeah. Uh, and has, and she knows her aesthetic, obviously the best it's, it'd be interesting to see. It'd be interesting to see how she communicates that to other people. Uh huh. You know what I mean? In yeah, a way that helps them then produce it, you know? Totally. Totally. Um, Eureka, uh, I I just think that a big girl in that bodysuit is amazing. I mean, she looked amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, she well, sounded I, good. She danced pretty well. She was also like kind of third place in this challenge for me, just based on mm-hmm. like where I think her mind was. I think her mind was very much on the choreography. Um, yeah. But 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 it, I laughed out loud with the Elephant Queen. Who are you gonna be? 
Yeah. And I felt like the choreography, like I loved when it was like a little lady bunny. She was doing these like weird, like they were like classic yeah. lady bunny moves, yeah. you know, um, with the <laughs> yeah. fists and the, all that. And with the yeah. hair, like I was like, lean into the bunniness of this. It's perfect. It was almost That's like she was quoting the dance moves she was supposed to do, which I think worked. Mm-hmm. Which is great. It Like yeah. it's in character. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, yeah, I think that I said earlier, I think Cameron's vocals felt the strongest to me. Right. Um, I think and her, her, her choreo, I got to say, that choreo, I think, would have been the hardest for me to do because it takes a yeah. lot of coordination with both hands. And mm-hmm. I feel like Aquarius, I probably could have gotten it if I if I was that kind of Dexter, like I I, I could have picked it up and done it mm-hmm. or at least learned it. But with Cameron's yeah. like, oh, my God. Oh my God. That was, yeah, that was very, uh, it was very nuanced, I think is the word. Um, and she did it great. And it yeah. yeah, I mean, she nailed it. I think that's the thing with Cameron that's always exciting is like, she's like Aquaria where there's the surprise factor of, oh, I did not expect you to get it. And you totally right. got it. Right. And, and to the credit of, of Todrick as a teacher and as a choreographer, he made these dances work well for each of them. Mm-hmm. And it looked yeah, definitely. great. The whole thing, I think, was choreographed really well. And granted, I don't know that much about dance, but like, it was very, very entertaining, especially Aquarius. <laughs> she was yeah. just so good. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it was, yeah, just, yeah, she was the, the clear winner if there's a winner of this challenge. Yes. Um, I do love, I mean, once we get group choreography to a drumline breakdown. Oh, totally. On. Totally. Da- it was, like, it was, I, it was step. It was so good. I love, I love group choreography, like, like synced up. I just, I love seeing like 10 people do the same thing at the same time to the same <laughs> beat. I just, I, you know, it just, it's, it was, I loved it. It was so cool. And yeah. I love like when it happened, I feel like RuPaul has, it's like, she had she has these certain types of laughs and there's the the laugh that RuPaul does when she's like oh my god this shit like when she's just like living for something happening i feel like we got one of those laughs totally um where she's like i can't believe what you're doing with my song i love it yeah. you know yeah the runway the runway so aquaria i called this look brenda k star um you know brenda k star it's an no. old cartoon no yeah <laughs> it's an old reference Maybe all some of our older Marys will get. Watch me be your Brenda K star. Yeah. <laughs> Let me be your Brenda K star. Um, exactly. So for me, I and we were we were all dying in the bar. Aquaria looked like perfection, all yep. the way down to the tears in her eyes yeah. that were stars. It was. I can't believe she conceived this. I'm. I don't know if she sewed it, but she certainly designed it. She killed this look and then an untucked mocked cameron michaels in this look i was just like this is so good (laughs) oh i know when she was doing the hitting bongos everywhere (laughs) move oh that was one of my favorite moments of the season when and they were like we're gonna give her a beat we're gonna let her dance the half dead cockroach You know what that reminded me of? That reminded me of when, um, I think it's an Untucked, when Gia starts voguing. Oh, yes. <laughs> Remember? Yes, 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 yes. When she's feeling like pussy, feeling like Kanye. Like yeah, and, like <laughs> and she just starts <laughs> in those little <laughs> booties. Um, that's, that's what this felt like. Oh, so fun. Uh, but yeah, so Aquaria came out and I was like, she's first. And right now she's first. You know what I mean? Like, yes. this was amazing. 
Um, yeah. yeah. Asia ki- came out and the minute she came out, I, I was I gasped and I was like, oh, my God. Um, yeah. And then as the episode went on, um, I noticed that the gown looks great from far. But then when you're up close, the blue pieces kind of stick up mm. and they kind mm-hmm. of like uh, pucker. Uh, because they're not yeah. glued down. They're like chained down on each end. And so it looked a little like cheap. It looked cheap. I see what you're saying. They kind I, of yeah, came I know off the mean. gold fabric. Like the the concept, like the aesthetic of it was really cool. You know, I, you know, Nefertiti, uh, yes. I got Nefertiti, well, maybe just this once. Um, <laughs> but I think, that, <laughs> uh, I, I think that on, Fashion Photo Review, they had suggested what if she did kind of that, like, that that Patti LaBelle or kind of Grace Jones, like the tall hair, oh, yeah. like the Nefertiti kind of, like, crown of hair. Right. That would have been a really cool way to, like, complete the look. Right. Like, we've seen this wig a number of times, totally, you know? Totally. Um, I like the sexy keyhole. I thought that was adorable. And I did like the jewel on her chin. Um, yeah. I, and Ross's joke, you know, she has the same chin as jewel. It's <laughs> just like... Like, oh, these foolish games. <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I know what you mean. I think that over time, the, something, the, the dress worked a little bit less for me than it did at first. Yeah. Um, I love that we did get a, a reprise of Turquoise from RuPaul. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know what that reference is. <laughs> Someone will tell us. Uh, yeah. Alexa Michelle might be able to tell us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. She she saw that bowl of turquoise. Yeah. yeah. Embellishments. <laughs> turquoise. Um, Cameron Michaels. Cameron Michaels with the lavender lilac sheer bodysuit. Uh, nude illusion. Um, I mean, it's gorgeous. You know, I was uh, talking with a drag queen about her look and I was kind of like, was this as great as people said it was? And the drag queen pointed out the nuance that, of course, I would miss. But it's not mm-hmm. about, like, the fact that we saw the fabric kind of wrinkle. Because th- that's what I clocked. I was like, well, I see the, like, the folding in the fabric. It's not about oh. that. It's about the padding and how well she padded it to fit her body. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and that is what is, like, gorgeous and stunning about it. That she has this amazing yeah. illusion. She looks like this womanly body, right? I guess we do forget about how complete the illusion is that I, you don't have any indication that she's covered in tattoos, that right, she's got bigger, a bigger, muscly, manly body. Yeah. Like she really does, you know, she turns her body into a sort of pheromone body and you forget yeah. that she's a pit crew member. Yeah. Um, <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean, the note I took AB crystals, I could not believe it because you know, my feelings on Valentina's AB crystals. <laughs> oh, you um, Cause that. she said she had AB stones on her dress. And I was like, AB <gasps> crystals. crystals. I, I, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> You're Duh, more of like a BC crystals. later crystals, you know, <laughs> AB crystals. Um, ABC crystal. <laughs> it's crystal. It's it's AB crystals. Um, you don't know shit. Uh, anyway, uh, Eureka O'Hara. You know this. I feel like uh, there are people that love it. There are people that hate it. Um, but before we talk about the look, I have to ask you: Did she say Thomas and Thomas Edison discovered the light bulb, or did she say Albert Einstein discovered the light bulb? Because I heard Einstein, and then when it was re- when it was like uploaded to the internet, and I watched it again, it was Thomas Edison. 
I think she said Edison. I don't have a memory of it being anything other than Edison. We so, were all clocking that she said Einstein at the bar, though. So is this I like another Mandela effect? Like, yes, I was just, this I'm is going crazy. a Mandela effect. Mary, yeah. please chime in if you also heard Einstein. Do la or do la is really what we're asking here. Um, um, I have to say, I, I am on the team that loved, loved this look. I mean, her wig, okay, it was uh, a, a hairspray on Broadway wig, but mm-hmm. I loved that dress. That dress to me is so amazing. I'm going to read what it said on the back of her dress it said a cry of joy or satisfaction when one finds or discovers something and for me that is amazing that is queer kids that's eureka story that's being yourself that's being free that's being beautiful that's loving yourself that's eureka's brand and she came out the last week with the light bulbs and it's like yes i have discovered I, I am I am joy and satisfaction. I am the cry of joy when I have found something and when I have discovered myself. And to so me, that would, is like an amazingly conceived dress. So you would say this dress had a pronounced effect? Then? <laughs> I'm spelling it out for you, Mary. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, Phonetically. yeah. Uh, she just defines the competition today. Yeah. Um, are you reading none me? These, Is that a read? <laughs> none of these queens are a cinema synonym to her. <laughs> Can you read, honey? Um, I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Get out the thesaurus uh, rex, Mary. <laughs> what's that? Get out the thesaurus because, rex, Mary. You know, get out just, the thesaurus. I was like, yeah, I'm trying to think of a thesaurus joke over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Thesaurus. <laughs> I didn't know they were even watching. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in Fort, Fort Lauderdale, I'm sure you're very thesaurus, Mary. <laughs> oh, I yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, the dictionary is open. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Define gaping hole. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you want to use it in a sentence? <laughs> um, origins. Yeah, uh, the guy down the hall. Yeah. Um, it. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Let's get to the critiques. Okay. Uh, I don't have much on the the critiques, uh, except that they were basically celebrating them all, pushing these four stories, pushing these four queens into the finale. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, like, it. I mean, it's crazy. It's like, it's okay, because everyone knew that it was going to be the finale, um, the final four. You know, like, I think everybody knew, but they just had to close up these stories. There was not one negative thing that they said. And and there wasn't any... And There's it no opens criticism. up this yeah. door for me. Sorry, it opens up this door for me. Uh, where I think we're on a lag, Mary. Um, uh, where it opens up this door for me of like they could say positive things every week about these queens. Yeah, yeah, certainly. I mean, I, I think they probably do, right? They probably have some positive things, some negative things, and depending on how that queen does that week is the critiques we that see. we see. Yeah. Um, they probably did say negative things about these queens, but what's the point of showing that if there's going to be a top four? Right. You know. Right. Um, you know, I, I should have mentioned this earlier. I do feel like Eureka kind of looked like Elizabeth Taylor in the Flintstones. Her, like, makeup and, and wig. Okay, yes, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing yeah. it. The, the, uh, the um, up, the face up, yes. And maybe yeah, the white. I get the white. Yeah, I get the white. Yeah, white but yeah, definitely like the neck up, the kind of like I'm picturing for some reason, maybe I'm picturing something else, but I'm seeing Elizabeth Taylor in the Flintstones. So, um, 
she'll just have to run with it. Gotcha. Uh, and I guess, yabba dabba you know, do, and Mary. I think, yeah, yabba, yeah, yeah, yabba, 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 dabba, do better work. Um, anyway. <laughs> yabba dabba, do, uh, uh, do, uh. I don't, I don't, yeah. <laughs> My brain is a little fried on, on vacation mode. So, right, um, the puns are a little Floridian. Um, <laughs> I just want to say that I appreciate that Aquaria is really bucking the stereotype of millennials, like who aren't hearing it. I like that, especially when Michelle can be so quick to say like, Oh, you're too young to get that. I like that. She could give credit of like, you know, you, you are not that cliche. You prove that millennials can take feedback and, um, and that's great to be able to do that now because that's going to benefit you for the rest of your life. Oh, totally. Yeah. That was a nice little moment. Um, I'm wondering if you if we can move on just briefly. I want to just queen out about my favorite part of what RuPaul's Drag Race does is when they give advice to their pictures of their younger selves mm-hmm. to Dane, David, Giovanni and Antoine. Um, you know, there are people that might kind of like hate on this or roll their eyes. But I think we all really just need to celebrate these individuals and celebrate that these moments are put on TV because that's huge. I mean, like what a wonderful gift I mean, it's yeah. so easy to kind of like get a little uncomfortable, but like, don't look away. Don't try to pick apart these stories because these are their experiences. These are their lives. And the show mm-hmm. is put them on TV. I mean, I think that's important. And I think bigger than anything else really on the show, so many people hear these stories and so many people are moved by them. And so many of these stories are are lived by people watching the show. So no matter who the top four was, having this moment I feel like is so important because it's also a tool that we, as as people navigating this world, need to remember to do. That like that little boy is still in us. And sometimes we do need to look at that child and talk to that child for a little while. Yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> the fact that RuPaul frames this entire exercise as... Um, because so many people look for their tribe through this show, like this acknowledgement that like people are using the TV show of RuPaul's Drag Race to find their people and to find that family, um, that that is the importance of this. I feel like RuPaul is saying by by speaking to your inner child, you're kind of speaking to all of anyone's inner child, anyone who has this common feeling of wanting to belong, wanting to fit in, wanting to... Uh, you know, trying to figure themselves out. Like I think when they're talking to their younger selves, they're also talking to so many fans who are in the middle of their own journey. And uh, maybe being on Drag Race is not the place they're trying to go, but they're trying to get to something like that in their life. Or they don't believe something like that is possible. Maybe that's just going to college or moving to another city or being in a relationship or losing weight. You know, like it's, it's kind of just these examples of like people can come from the same humble beginnings as you do and excel and they're they're not given anything more than you are you know what it's, i mean it's it's such a it's such a wonderful way to create a more authentic moment by having them talk to themselves as opposed to tell listeners out there that are struggling how to do this well it gets yeah. better i mean it's just so much more authentic because when you hear it's like when i listen to the moth uh, the podcast mm-hmm. like when i hear somebody else's story i i can empathize so much more easily i can relate to it i can bring it into my life is so much more easily because i believe them there's so much more heart there right right yeah yeah i i agree i think that you try to speak to everybody and you're not really 
speaking to anybody. You try to just speak to yourself and right. you're like speaking honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, in terms of these, uh, we kind of talked about Asia's gifts cloaked in darkness. We talked about Aquaria not really having the same stumbling blocks because her parents, you know, seem to have been more supportive. Um, I did like when Eureka said, don't throw scissors at your sister when you're seven. I thought that was a cute way to like use this exercise. Um, and I think that, you know, for Cameron, I will say that like RuPaul was kind of watching Cameron like very wide eyed and was very like, give me those tears, you know, yeah. like it was a little bit of that. Um, because I just think that like, I mean, I had this feeling in that last, that last talking head of untucked when Cameron was crying. Like I had that feeling of like, oh, I see you not producing anymore. You're now showing me the part of yourself you're afraid to see. So now I see you and now I get it. And I know that that's what Rue is pushing for. Yeah. And it's, it's the tricky place to push for that, you know? Totally. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, I, yeah, the, the, the next question I think was like, why, why you and not these other girls? Um, I think Aquarius answer was it surpassed my expectation of what her answer was going to be it was so eloquent and just the way that she said you know my Aquarian take on drag somehow all the pieces that I have come together to make something incredible I mean it is so true she can dance she can act she can sing she can design she can I mean all and all of that put together in this very different way is truly magic yeah. I mean, I think that's really what it comes down to. I, I think people who are saying like, oh, it's just like, I don't know, another Violet Tchotchke. It's like, no, this is like totally different. Like one is doing like they're doing totally different things. This is like saying Aquaria and Cracker are the same queen. They're yeah. totally different. Yeah. Um, just because there's a similar look, you know, it's I like mean, they're young Monet and, and, and Bob look similar, but they're totally different queens, you know? Right. Totally. Um, totally. I think that, yeah, Aquaria, there's something... That's part of, again, why Aquaria is such a star is that it's, she's multifaceted and she puts the, she, she takes combinations of her talents and her intellect and puts them together in exciting and new ways. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you uh, completely. Um, I'm thinking about these other girls. I just kind of like summed up their answers. Uh, Asia felt kind of like a little bit of a pageant answer. Like it was very, she knew what she was going to say. It was great. I mean, how she's going to be mm-hmm. an ambassador. She's for life. She's going to be an ambassador for, for the crown and for the Queens. Um, mm-hmm. Eureka is this giant ball of joy. Um, and she wants to teach the world to be a beautiful person inside and out, regardless of adversity. Um, I think that's her brand, right? That's, that's her story, her narrative. And then obviously Cameron, when you get up from falling, it gives you more confidence to keep moving forward. Um, and I think that, I mean, again, another beautiful way to carry the crown. Uh, so these four stories, I feel like they're just, it's like, okay, let's get on to the finale. So I get why people are kind of mm-hmm. like, Ugh, why did we have to watch this episode? I'm like, Mary's, you had to watch the episode because of the damn challenge that Todrick choreographed, because of the, the ta- them talking to their younger selves, because of all of the reasons why this show needs to exist. So just put the competition hat down for a second and just right. enjoy that we have queer people and queer stories on TV. Like, let's just right. do and- that. Right. Like, could could we put a pause on the Hunger Games just for one day? Right. Could we be satiated with the blood, yes. you know, for just a day? Kind yeah. media. Kind media, right? Like, let's just kind media. celebrate. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and also it's interesting, you know, the sort of to that point, right? Like when the queens say like, this is what I, this is why I should win. This is what I'm going to do with the crown. This is the story or the message I'm going to project. It's like, you're already doing it. Yeah, you right. already did it by being on the show. Right. You're they not going to do yet. it anymore by winning. Right. Oh, you're, totally. you're just going to do it by doing it. Totally. You know? I mean, the show is, is so much more and more every season, not a competition. And that is frustrating fans. It's not as much as a competition about, you know, who is the best, but it's more about, well, how are we going to tell these stories so that we get the biggest bang for our buck and it just mm-hmm. so happens that this was the top four and this is how it this is how it played out but it doesn't mean that we don't hear Monet's story it doesn't mean that we yeah. didn't hear Monique Hart the vixen is going to go down as one of the most influential drag queens in um, all of the the past 10 seasons I mean what the vixen did on this show was completely different and so yeah. refreshing similar to Anina Bonina Brown where what she was bringing aesthetically to the runway was absolutely incredible so I, mm-hmm. I I think that we we get so wrapped up in oh well whoever they crown is you know means this it's like I get that I definitely get it but all of these fans, there are there are queens that have not won that have millions of fans. Yeah. Millions yeah. of fans. And in terms of like cornerstone queens in the drag race franchise, it is it is so many, there's so many queens who haven't won. Alyssa Edwards. Yes. You know, I mean, Juju B, you know, certainly Raven is kind of part of her persona is not winning, you know. Sure. Um Gia Gunn. You know, Gia Gunn. Alaska before she won all stars. It was just kind of like these people are still stars. You know, it's winning, winning is great and the money is great. But like, ultimately, I think a lot of these queens who won money aside, I don't necessarily think they, I think they could do the exact same thing they want to do, whether they win or not. Yeah. And you look at like, you look at the top four of season nine. Shea Coulee still came out with that EP and the videos. Right. Peppermint is now, you know, having a, a documentary about her life produced. That's all happening. And she's um, starring in a Broadway play. <clears throat> and she's starring in a Broadway musical. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Trinity Taylor is still touring. She's still performing. She's still, like, a constantly working queen. And, and you know, that's that's the career she wants. She's not looking to be a singer. Right. Um and Sasha Valor, I mean, I think Sasha was always going to keep doing this stuff. She was always going to keep doing nightgowns. She was always going to keep producing her magazine. She was always going to kind of keep creating platforms for new conversations around drag. Like, this was going to happen regardless. And so I think that for these queens, it's like winning the crown is just because someone has to. I mean, Mary, I just want to mention on Friday night, I went to the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York, obviously, um, and for the first time in history of the Metropolitan Museum of Art, a drag queen performed at, on the balcony upstairs. Alexis Michelle performed with a string quartet um, for... Take a drink, Mary's. <laughs> for tons and tons of people. I mean, that is progress. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's little things like that, right? It's little things like that. It's... It's Pose being on TV. It's things like that where it's like, whoa, the the needle just moved. And it's right. almost like I didn't even notice it moving. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. when you kind of look away and then you look back again, you realize, oh, actually things have progressed Yeah, uh, in little blips. You know, it's, yep. it's, it, it's not always consistently in one direction, but when it happens, you celebrate it. Totally. Well, we should talk about the lip sync uh, by Zelia Banks, the big, big beat. 
Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was so happy. I'm, I'm so glad that she gave them the rights. Um, it sounded so much like Call Me Mother. They must have been really confused about how to, which lyrics to lip sync. Um, uh, before we get into the big, big beat, I do want to just, this quote I've been thinking about often uh, since hearing it is I like that RuPaul says, this competition forces you to really die a thousand deaths. And if you really have what it takes, you are reborn to something bigger and badder and better. And I, for a number of different reasons, I was thinking about that in my own life of like the death by a thousand cuts thing. And I thought about like every time I go to do something like, it's so interesting, like the number, and I won't get into it cause it's just going to get into a, like a long thing, but the first couple days being here, it's so interesting. The number of things like stuff that like I was confronted by, like issues around like being gay and like shame and being at like a gay establishment and, and being seen like all, I couldn't believe the shit that was coming up for me wow. and all of these little moments that it was like you need to lean into the thing that you're uncomfortable about because that that's a you know it's one of these death by a thousand cuts things and if you can if you can ignore that saboteur and if you can push through that and you can go into that moment it transforms and it transforms you and like the, it releases that shame, you know? Totally. And I just, I, I just couldn't stop thinking about that idea of like accepting the cut, you know, right. that the cut, the, the death by a thousand cuts is cutting something away. Oh yeah. You know? Oh yeah. You're cutting um, the umbilical cord off, you know, and just yeah. reborning, uh, being reborn. Um, it reminds me of the conversation they had in untucked with Eureka, uh, getting naked, uh, for the baby challenge mm-hmm. and how that was when she shined the most. Right. Right. Right, right. Yeah, the, the moment she was most vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, uh, we get to the final lip sync. and um, It was basically yeah, three contestants backing up Aquaria. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, they, because they were all in gowns and it's such a dancey song, they, they just reminded me, it was like they were... <laughs> It was like they were spinning around like tilt-a-whirl shells, you know, like on a tilt-a-whirl, how they all like just like rotate around within the rotation. I feel like Aquaria was able to put the song into her body uh, with more confidence because she like knew those words so well. Um, Yeah. I I didn't. I I hope she did those I hated that the whole lip sync was covered by their confessionals. Like I just wanted, I just wanted to see it. I wanted more. They always do that. They yeah. always layered on with this talking head, essentially telling us everything we just watched the entire season. You right. know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. You know, it, I feel like I, this is actually a great song for a lip sync because it's, there's a lot going on, but like it would have been better if it was a lip sync that mattered. And if they weren't stuck in gowns that you can't perform in, totally. which is not their fault. It's just, it's just the truth of the matter. I got um, you. I got you. And uh, yeah, there's the top four. Yeah. But we saw that coming. This is the top four that we saw coming that we, I guess, just talked for the past two hours about why this is the top four. We could talk yeah. for another five or six hours, but we've talked all season about why there could have been, you know, other different types of queens in these positions. Uh, but this is the one we got, and we're celebrating yeah. these stories right now. Um, who's your pick to win, Colin? Uh, it's, it's, I think it's Aquaria. I think Aquaria's got it in the bag. I think that... I think that she's, there's just, I, I love Asia. I'd be so happy to see her win. I know, I really um, want her to I win. I support Eureka and Cameron and what they've done. I just think Aquaria has this, to use a water reference, this iceberg of brilliance underneath. <laughs> and I just want to see more. I think um, I want Asia to win because I've been rooting for her all season. I find her 
um, to be a wonderful queen for the community. Uh, I think she'll do great things with that platform as a leader. Um, mm -hmm. But I think the and I and I think that watching this whole season, though, that Aquaria deserves the crown um, in the sense that she has not faltered at all. She won Snatch Game. She has won multiple challenges just by killing it, by surprising us. Um, but I think the crown is going to go to Eureka, Colin. I think that Eureka is going to win it because of her platform and what she's representing for uh, for queer people um, and what it means to be beautiful. That dress, to me, the idea of discovering something amazing. I mean, there is something so magical about that idea for me. Um, she didn't get eliminated in that double save. She's been on two seasons. Uh, it's about time for a big girl um, to to carry the crown. If it is as arbitrary as we say often, the top four is, you know, it's like, okay, we'll give it to Eureka because Aquaria is going to kill it and it gives her the chance to be on All-Stars. Sure. Yeah, right. I mean, I guess if Eureka doesn't win, then I guess, well, she's going to be like a Shangela. She'll just show up for All-Stars. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think, I mean, it's kind of like last season, you know? I mean, I... I totally understand that people were really disappointed, especially for Shay winning four challenges, uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, everything we've talked about. Um, the fact that we're doing that same dynamic again, uh, you know, last year it benefited me because the queen I wanted to win won. Right. And this I feel season, like Aquaria I mean, might get shut out because even though she did well all season, you know, it's about the it's about what she does in the finale. So we have to see what she does in the finale. Um, I've avoided the deep spoilers about the finale. Um, I, I started reading a couple of them um, and found out some tea, but I'm going to save the rest uh, mm -hmm. because I don't want to necessarily know everything. Um, but I think that, you know, anything could happen in the finale, uh, as we learned last year. And, uh, I think they might do that to us again. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I read, cause we got some tea from different people. I read some of the tea. I didn't read maybe some of the more detailed tea. I know we've talked about sharing it. I think that we, you and I, I mean, I'm just going to say, uh, I'd rather not. Yeah, I oh don't know. I think I don't want to be a. I don't want to be another. I don't want to be someone undermining the finale by spilling the tea to a large group of people. Sure. It's fine to kind of talk about it quietly, right. but we're a larger platform than like just your friends. Yeah, there is there's a RuPaul's Drag Race spoiler subreddit. You can go Google it if you want to read all this, the the um, finale tea. But like, we love you, Marys, but we're not going to spill it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's nice to know and we get the choice. Luckily, with our Marys, they'll send it in an email and we can either open it or not. Um, and I, yeah. think, I think that's good. Uh, we have the choice. Oh, yeah. I have no problem with it being shared. I think we had talked about maybe kind of doing a yeah, special kind of episode. Yeah. Right. And I just kind of realized, well, aren't we just kind of. Yeah, we shouldn't put that out there. Anybody we're doing what do the that. show doesn't want them to do. Yeah. Right. I think we should. And it's like. Be good Judy's. And I think if World of Wonder was kind of looking for people doing that, we're, we would be a kind of obvious target. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Totally. If we had an episode saying finale spoilers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. No, we're done. I don't think they'd be into that. We're done. Um, so uh, are, are you good, Colin? Anything to add before we wrap up this episode? I mean, we have all these untucked things. I know we're almost at two hours and we're not doing a nuance this week because I'm on vacation. Do you want to quickly name three highlights from untucked? Just... Hot takes, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Um, the idea when um, Asia watched her video, she said a beautiful phrase uh, that the video uh, that he, that David shifts shifts my existence. 
that the yeah. fact that he took time to make a video for her, it shifts my existence. I think that's so beautiful. Um, I loved the love between Asia and Aquaria affecting each other. I thought that was a beautiful yeah. moment captured um, mm -hmm. and so important to see. Like the fact that that wasn't on the main show, I think is kind of an oversight. I would have added that in um, as opposed yeah. to anything else. Uh, Cause that That's is true. A really, really, really that. important yeah. connection. Um, and obviously we talked about the big girl positivity with uh, Eureka being naked because of Aquaria. Um, I also loved Cameron's mom. Um, I thought that was a really sweet yeah. moment um, and, and a nice way for us to connect with Cameron. Mm -hmm. I like when Queen's moms are their best friend. You yeah. know, like Blair, Chi-Chi Devane, Adore, Raven even, Sasha and her dad. You know, her dad who's like, you know, uh, basically, you know, helping support the, the, the Valor house. Like I, I always like when I see examples of queens who are super close with their parents. Um, I, my, my highlights would be, we've talked about a lot of the things that I liked. But um, other than that, I wanted to know if Chloe was a cat or a dog. Asia... Um, her friend says, Chloe misses you. I was like, is that a cat or a dog? <laughs> um, I, of course, couldn't believe, like, I was just so sad when she just thought that, when she said, I guess I didn't think anybody cared. I was right. like, you need to come here right now. Yeah. I, I need to hug, hug your, your neck. neck. <laughs> um, and, uh, oh, and I just like, this is kind of like a counter to thank you five is when Aquarius says, thank you, Nick. Like, oh, we love that. I was like. Using the name uh, oh, Aquaria. He said his name. You said his name. You said his Patty. name. Patty. Aquaria. Why did you say um, his name? Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, that's kind of. Oh, and did you notice that when they were all either entering at some point when they were all entering the workroom after all being top four, you could hear everybody cheering for them. Oh. Like all the camera people, I'm sure yeah. Sarge, everybody was cheering for them. And I thought, oh, that's so sweet. Because they've all just gone through the season together. Yep. Like, they're all done. Yep. And they done. all did it. Rap. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, that must be so sweet. Like, everybody can just, like, like relax. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I guess the only other thing I can mention is nothing to do with the episode, but Aquaria was really making um, Bonjour happen this episode. And I don't want to play an Aquarius versus Cracker game, but I think Dita Ritz might have a thing to say. I get another Cracker with a problem with Aquaria um, because her entrance line was "Bonjour, ladies." <laughs> oh, clocked uh, a deep cut I did not know about. Yes, in that in that yellow in that blonde flat wig. <laughs> love her. Oh, I love Dita. Dita Ritz Cracker. Dita. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, anyway, well, that's all I got. Well, anyway, Marius, if you have any thoughts on the finale, on what's going to happen on the reunion, or not the finale, but this final challenge, uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter at AllRightMary, or you can find us uh, via email at AllRightMaryPodcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on the web at www.AllRightMary.com, or you can find me on Instagram at Johnny Also, and then Colin. You can find me on Twitter at Colin Trucker, and you can find more of both of us at Patreon at patreon.com backslash All Right Mary, uh, which, of course, you probably know by now means you would be getting a bonus episode every single week. We just did Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And uh, next week is uh, one of my personal favorites, Hysterical Blindness. Yes. So. If you want to get on that or any of our other like 20 odd past uh, bonus episodes, you know where to go. Patreon.com backslash all right, Mary. And while you're doing all that, 
you go over to iTunes and you leave a five-star rating and you leave a positive review because why be negative? Why take it straight to negativity? There you go, Mary. All right, Mary. Uh, what's our last chance lip sync this week, Mary? This has been um, your anthem for the past couple weeks. Oh, yeah. Well, I hate because now I have to try to say her name. Oh. So there's this like uh, trans rapper. I, I think it's Key Dash, Quay Dash, K Dash, Q Dash, Q U A Y. Mary's, I, I'm saying all of them so nobody can clock me. I think it's um, Q, but maybe it's, maybe it's uh, Key. I always thought it was key because when I lived in Australia, key because I used to think it was quay. They had, they had keys. So I thought they were right. Quays. No, I, it, um, it, it's probably key dash. Yeah. Yeah. In any event, uh, this song, uh, Queen of This Shit, and I'm this is not usually my cup of soup, but I love this song so fucking much. And there are some dirty, dirty lyrics in it, and I'm so proud to hear them. Yeah. Um, this would be do, such a good I would lip love sync. to see a lip sync of this song for sure. Same. Oh my God. So uh, here's Queen of This Shit, and uh, we'll see you later uh, next week, actually. All right. Happy happy reunion, Marys. Bitch, I'm on time now. Where your fun's at? Click, click, where your guns at? Should you really had to do a bitch bump that? I'm the queen of this shit, bitch. Fuck that. Bitch, I'm on top now. Where your fun's at? Click, click, where your guns at? Should you really had to do a bitch bump that? I'm the queen of this shit, bitch. Fuck that. BX boy to the grave. In the slums, now I'm here for the rage. Black girl, bitch, you never turn the page. I'm a fucking beast, better keep